From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is seven minutes past the hour. Thanks for waking up early in the morning. And can you believe it? It is Memorial Day weekend. Welcome to our TGIF special edition of the Hurley in the Morning program. A lot to update you on this hour. Half of the next hour open forum. We're going to visit with Rick Santoro at 735. Tragic situation that we'll be discussing. Senator Michael Testa in the 8 o'clock hour. And because of my... National Duties hosting for Brian Kilmeade on Wednesday. We moved John Walters to today in the 9 o'clock hour, and I appreciate John uh, for being flexible. Otherwise, we, we and we're going to have to move it to another Friday. Uh, we're going to do something uh, pretty neat in an upcoming Friday 9 o'clock hour. When I look at all the things that have changed since we separate for 19 hours and 54 minutes. But of course, as I often remind you, with the incredible, I, w- I honestly, I wish I was allowed to share with you the digital analytics, but I'm not. It's strictly uh, guarded, it's Town Square property, Town Square media, and I'm not permitted to tell you any of the numbers in terms of the uh, the digital side of things. But it, I can say this. You are blowing me away in general. And I will say, being a bit parochial, in particular, what you have been doing in terms of following the work that we do. I am extraordinarily grateful It has been unbelievable. That's all I can tell you. So when I say we separate by 19 hours and 54 minutes, if you a couple of times a day check out the app or go to WPGTalkRadio.com, whichever way you prefer to go get the digital content, we don't separate at all. If something is... If something can't wait until this morning when we come back, we will put it up. Yesterday as the day went on, uh, I couldn't let yesterday go by. I believe I'm the only person in the media to do it. I spent two great years working there. I'm such a huge fan. Obviously, they're the official and exclusive casino hotel for the Hurley in the Morning program. Resorts Casino Hotel, but how could I let yesterday go by and not write an extensive piece on how Resorts Casino Hotel in Atlantic City changed everything in Atlantic City? No one can dispute that. And here's a really cool thing. If you want to see something that hasn't seen the light of day in 44 years... This very day, on May 27th, 
1978, a photograph by a friend of mine since I was 18 years old, Greg Cole. That's Greg with two G's. Greg Cole is clearly one of the most iconic photographers in the history of the New Jersey metro market. And he does national work as well. But I always talk about this. I'm not an order taker. I'm a relationship builder. It's all about relationships. Because embedded in this article that we wrote that I am so incredibly proud of, check it out. I can't do justice to it in a brief monologue that I'm going to do now. It's an extensive piece. We roll back the Wayback Machine to May 26th, 1978. And this particular photograph, because obviously newspapers, they had no digital presence in those in, in, in that era. Uh, nobody did, really. This photograph that you can see embedded in the article that we wrote titled Resorts Casino Hotel changed everything in Atlantic City, New Jersey. This color photograph was only published one time. 44 years ago, on May 27th, 1978, and you can see it now for the first time in 44 years. There's the iconic black and white photo. I don't know whose photo that is, Hess or whoever it is, Press of Atlantic City. I'm not sure. That's all over the place. You see Steve Lawrence rolling the dice, actually throwing the dice. Steve Persky's in there, Governor Brendan Byrne. It's it's an iconic photo. This photo is color. It is a wider angle. Greg Cole, I don't know what he did. I'm going to talk to him about it. He had to have gotten up on some ladder or scaffolding. The photograph is incredible. And until yesterday, I never saw it before. That's one of the cool things about the digital platform side of Town Square Media, where we, I mean, we own it. No one, no one is doing the numbers we do. No one is doing the content that we do. No one's even close. But I I have to say this. I'm so incredibly proud of this piece. And somebody wrote in the comments section, and it drew a lot of comments on social media about the Merv Griffin era 15 years ago. Here's what I can tell you. And I'm going to I'm going to write myself a note right now because I know how busy he is. Hold on. The 15-year anniversary, which if I did fast math, would have been what? Um, 1991? Something like that? Uh, Greg Cole has a photograph from the 15th anniversary of resorts when Merv Griffin owned resorts. I worked for Merv Griffin for two years. I directly reported to Dave Hanlon. Also, there was a senior vice president for a period of time that I that I worked with as well, who, who was a great guy. And 
but I did do a lot with directly with Dave Hanlon. And because of my position, I was responsible for – hold on. I just want to finish out this note because I want to publish this photo too. Greg Cole has a 15th anniversary photo. And I think Merv Griffin is in the photo. Let me briefly comment about Merv. I've told the story maybe one time quite a while ago. Hey, Greg Cole's listening right now. Whoa. I got to add that to the story. Wow. I didn't know that, but I am going to go back in on the first break and add that. This iconic photo of Greg Cole, I, I was not clear on this. I'm happy I brought up this whole um, comparison that it was color and not black and white. This is the first color photograph to appear in the press. Wow. Very cool. Well, Greg, I don't have to write myself a note now. Uh, uh, dictate to uh, editor. Um, Greg, when you can, please send me that 15-year anniversary photo when Merv Griffin was the owner. I can't remember if Merv Griffin's in the photo or if the reference is just that's when Merv Griffin was the owner. i uh, got to get to this break. I'll tell you the story after the break. Let me get the break in. I want to give you an idea what a great man Merv Griffin was. Got a great story to share with you when we come back. It's a resorts, casino, hotel story. We'll be back in just a few minutes. I'm Hurley in the morning. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5. You never know who's listening. Greg Cole, the great Greg Cole, is eavesdropping on the program as we speak. And Greg, seriously, it's a privilege. Thank you for the honor of being able to include your incredible photograph. Do me a favor. Text me, because I want to add this to the uh, article as well. Text me. That's another thing. If you read one of our stories, go back and check it because we update them when we get more information and when, when there's other cool things we can add. Greg, give me a little paragraph or two on what you did to achieve that photograph. I mean, I'm not stupid. I know you were high up in the air somewhere because the photograph is such a great angle and you're shooting down on such an iconic moment, 10 a.m., May 26, 1978, when Atlantic City changed forever. And Greg Cole, that's the thing about a photograph. They say a photograph, what is it equal to, a thousand words or whatever? It just tells a story. I mean, I can look at a photograph of Greg Cole and I can write a 500-word article easily. Just by verbalizing what he's captured. Back in a moment. Fox News commentary. I'm Jimmy Fallon, and I'll tell you about an episode of Political Edition by Subtraction next. If you're in the market for a new home or your dream home, go with a lender you can count on for competitive rates. Over 300 loan products and thousands of loan consultants to help make sure you get the home and the mortgage that you want. Call now to see if you're pre-approved. 866-888-LOAN. 866-888-LOAN. Or go to LoanDepot.com. Loan Depot, where home means everything. Rates are subject to change. Equal housing opportunity lender. NMLS number 174457. Licensed in all 50 states.
Beto O'Rourke, that self-serving jackass, was thrown out of a press conference after heckling Texas Governor Greg Abbott about gun control. It was truly a pathetic scene, but it was nice to see Beto getting rejected by somebody besides the voters. Folks, this is a guy who ran for Senate and lost, despite spending more money than the average presidential campaign. Of course, that didn't stop him from then running for president, where he was on the cover of Vanity Fair magazine under the headline, Born to Do This. And by this, they mean lose elections. Beto's currently running for governor of Texas, and according to the polls, he has as good a chance of being governor as Johnny Depp and Amber Heard do of renewing their wedding vows. Beto has been making a spectacle of himself for years. This guy filmed his dental visits, filmed himself cooking dinner, and yes, he interrupted the governor, who was attempting to brief the very parents who had just lost their children in a horrific shooting. The bad news for Beto is the voters aren't hiring. The good news is the circus is, so it's time for this clown to beat it. I'm Jimmy Fallon. Is Hurley in the morning? Ah, Harry Hurley. That is a great name. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and WPGTalkRadio.com. Ah, uh, lucky, aren't I? All right, so 23 minutes past the hour. It's Hurley in the morning. It's Memorial Day weekend. I'm really pumped up. Oh, I'm a, a, what did Merv used to do? Merv had a thing about, mm, mm, something like that. Uh, he had such a tonal quality to his voice. My mother was a, uh, such a big Merv Griffin fan. I, I, I'll tell you, the only thing I regret, I wish my parents had just lived long enough. I would have been able to spoil them so much. I would have been able to introduce them to all these people. Sinatra and Merv Griffin and all the, oh, it would have been, it would have been such a joy of my life to have been able to do that. So let me tell the Merv story. The year is 1989. I'm the director of hotel services for Resorts Casino Hotel in Atlantic City. Merv Griffin's Resorts Casino Hotel. So I'm responsible for half of the hotel and a nice guy. And we were we were very fortunate because it was kind of an unusual setup. You would usually have one person, basically. Now, we had a senior vice president and a president, of course, but it it was a pretty unique setup. I had half the hotel and a gentleman by the name of John Coletsu had half the hotel. He went on to um, become president of uh, a big property in um, uh, Chuck Malamut would know, I think in Pennsylvania somewhere. Just, I'm drawing a blank on it, uh, but really good guy, elegant guy, and we were fortunate because nobody was jealous. So I, I had all of front services, a bunch of departments. Uh, he had the front desk um, and a lot of other hotel departments. So we, had, we we each did half the hotel. So the day comes where... I have to do a tour with bondholders. And fortunately, it was a rainy day because when you want to show your bondholders why they need to invest more into a property. Now, understand something. 1989 is a lot different. What Nick Ribas did and Colony Capital and and the next generation, Morris Bailey, Marci Antonio, just – took it to the next level. So none of this exists today. The property is beautiful. None of this exists at all. But I didn't mind that it existed then 
you know, I didn't want the property leaking, but the, the, the property had such character, had such history. Our customers loved us, our human resource level in terms of just delivering excellence in customer service was outstanding. But I'll never forget this. And this is a window. I, I, I promise you, I swear I'm not embellishing. This is exactly how it happened. We are walking and we are near where you would walk uh, through the Portica Share into the lobby area into Resorts Casino Hotel. Main doors right at uh, North Carolina Avenue and right be in between Pacific Avenue and the boardwalk. It's raining and it's raining inside. And Merv Griffin says to me, and I'll never forget it. He said, Harry, I wish I gave you a better hotel to run. Think about that. He's the owner of the Beverly uh, Hills Hilton and the creator of Wheel of Fortune and uh, Jeopardy and some other game shows. Uh, enormous talk personality, but a humble, decent man. If you ever hear somebody say differently, they're either lying to you on purpose or they're ignorant and they don't, they never knew Merv Griffin. Merv Griffin was one of the most accomplished, humble men that I've ever met. I absolutely loved working for him. I said, Mr. Griffin, no apologies required. We love working for you and we love this property. Quote, unquote, that's what he said. That's what I said. And then I will tell you that I said, all right, Mr. Griffin, now let's get you some money here. So we're touring the bondholders and I'm explaining that why the building, why it's raining inside and why we need them to continue to support what we're doing. And we were doing good work. There was a whole big campaign bet on Merv. It was very, very cool. And that's a little window into that particular era. Now, you, you fast forward to now and the reinvestment in the property and how great it looks and how well it's run and it extends and sprawls out onto the boardwalk and out to the beach with Margaritaville. And for example, today, let me take a peek at something. I want to take a peek at the weather. Because there is this pesky chance of some showers. Let me go hour by hour. Uh, right now I'm on Northfield. I want to be on... Atlantic City, I want to be specific here. Okay, Atlantic City, New Jersey. Okay. Foggy this morning, followed by scattered showers and thunderstorms during the afternoon. Potential for severe thunderstorms. Oh boy. All right. I didn't want to I didn't want to say that. And I didn't want to see that. But let's see hour by hour. Let's see what five o'clock looks like. Well, I'm going to keep happy thoughts. 36% chance that it might rain, but 
It's a scattered thunderstorm type of situation, which means there's a 64% chance that it won't rain. All right, we'll keep you posted on that. So Greg Cole and I have chatted a little bit during the break. Text message. He's already uh, en route to a uh, a job that he's doing. I'll tell you, he's a hard worker. Good, good man. Really good man. He does great work. So look for tonight. I'm going to be writing a story. I, I, I have to wait until Greg can send me the information. But there is a phenomenal story behind this photo, which I now am going to be able to opine that it that it's the first color photo ever run in the press of Atlantic City. 1978. That that kind of mildly shocks me. I wasn't expecting to learn that. But that's really cool. And, you know, for example, when Paul Steelman sent me all of those photos of the Golden Nugget that had never been seen before. And we put that piece together. If you look into my archives, you can find that. Oh, that was so much fun to put together. When you get stuff that no one's ever seen, when you publish a photo that's only been printed one time in 44 years, not seen the light of day in 44 years, you know me. I, I get a kick out of that. That, I mean, that that that's... That's like who I am. That's what I do. I love doing stuff like that. So now, and you also know how I love to dig into things. I'm going to write the story now about the anatomy of that photograph. And it's going to be fun. So right now, the photograph is, I, I just love it. It's a its a Marchie Antonio photo. It's one of my favorite photos ever of Resorts Casino Hotel because it has both towers. Uh, it's just fantastic. And I made that the lead dynamic photo, and I embedded in the article this photo that hasn't been seen in 44 years. Now, today, I'm going to write an article, and I promise you it's going to be great because I'm going to have great content. I'd have to blow it for it not to be great. It's not going to be great because of me. It's going to be great because the content is great. But now the lead dynamic photo is going to be this color photograph of Steve Lawrence and Governor Byrne and Steve Persky and a whole bunch of people that are in this photograph. You know, then I always look at something like that and I think 44 years later, how many people are still with us and, you know, what are they doing today? And it's pretty cool. Got a break. Don't want to. It's in my contract. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. This is Harry Hurley at 33 minutes past the hour with three stories that you can follow on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. 44 years ago, Resorts Casino Hotel changed everything in Atlantic City. Read my article. I think you're going to like it. It's up now. The Atlantic City Board of Education, believe it or not, I thought they wanted to just replace an assistant superintendent. They want to hire another one at 150K. You're out of control. And an article on Senators Menendez and Booker. 
From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. Thanks to the newfound humidity in the air, it's mild and it's foggy this morning. We flipped the switch to warm, humid weather today. 60s this morning, 76 this afternoon. Most of the day will be mostly cloudy and breezy, and then a few waves of showers and thunderstorms will sweep in. From the west, starting around 4 p.m., gusty winds and downpours are possible, so please stay aware of changing weather conditions today. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. You know, every three seconds, there is a new Vic WPG Talk Radio 95.5 South Jersey's talk station. Sean Hannity this afternoon at three. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We are back at 39, almost 40 minutes past the hour. Had I not made a decision to go and open Hyperlocal, which was not an accident. I wanted to, I wanted to begin local this morning, uh, and I'm glad I did because if I had held that, maybe Greg Cole would, would not have been listening at the time, and that really worked out well because we're going to put something together that – see, I always believe everything happens the way it's supposed to happen. There are no coincidences. That was meant to happen. I was meant to say what I said, and Greg was supposed to be listening, and then we now can collaborate. I was just so grateful for this photo. I never realized um, how this is going to uh, really be an exciting second piece that we're going to do later today. It's going to be great. This is the story I would have led on if we did not lead hyperlocal. Joe Garcia, I have to say this in the past tense, was the husband of one of the school teachers killed in Tuesday's mass shooting in Uvalde, Texas. This is as cruel as it gets. Four children, and their ages have not been reported. You can sort of, you you might be able to back your way in a little bit in that they are young children to some extent because Garcia and his wife, Irma, uh, they were in their, Irma was 46, And I believe that Joe was a similar age. They have four children. She was killed in her classroom at Robb Elementary School. And that, of course, was part of 19 children and one other teacher, two teachers total, that were killed. So the four children who have to be, if their parents, I think their parents were married for, I think, 24 years. So they probably got married young, like 22 and married for 24 years. So the oldest, I mean, unless they had children out of wedlock, the oldest their child could be is like 23, one of them. So... They they have some pretty young children. I, I wouldn't be surprised if some of them are below the age of 18 even. Four children lost their mom. And then two days later, lose their dad. Their dad died. It's being said, a family member said, I truly believe Joe died of a broken heart, losing the love of his life. Of more than 30 years, they were married 24, was just too much to bear. He had a massive heart attack. 
the capacity of the American people to just be phenomenal is not lost on me on this occasion. A GoFundMe page was established, and as of 43 minutes ago, it was at $1.8 million. So at least the kids will be provided for. But that is just, that is grief piled on top with more grief. That's what I would have led with if we didn't lead hyperlocal. I want to share one other local story with you, and I'll do it right after the break. Uh, Dateline Atlantic City, when we come back, it's the Hurley in the Morning program on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. All because of you, only because of you. South Jersey's number one talk station. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We have extensive comments on the website, on the app, WPGTalkRadio.com, WPG, the talk radio app. But let me just make a quick comment about it. And Atlantic City Board of Education member John Devlin is going to join us at 7.06 this morning to address it. When I wrote an initial story yesterday, I was of the belief that the Atlantic City Board of Education, and I didn't understand what was this necessity, this this reason for evoking, invoking rather, the doctrine of necessity, which really you should hardly ever need to use that. If there's an emergency, a superintendent can do something by a process that occasionally Dennis Kelly would do it. Uh, when I was a school board member in Ventnor called non-pro-tunk, which would mean, hey, I had to do something and then we'll address it the next time we're together kind of deal. But this doctrine of necessity should almost never be required. I was a board member for two terms. Never did we ever use it once. They've used it six or seven times in Atlantic City this year alone, and they're going to be using it again next year. I'm sorry, uh, this year some more. I don't know why I said next year. They're going to be using it again. So I've written an entirely new article based on the reality of what happened at yesterday's Board of Education meeting. And John Devlin had some very thoughtful comments at the meeting. The other thing about this is the previous school monitor eliminated this position. What in the world is it coming back for now because the district is actually declining in enrollment? So they didn't need it before. Now there's even less students in the district and they're bringing it back. What I'm trying to tell you is the city government under small is a disaster. The school district under small is a disaster. It it has become their own employment agency you should see all these positions that they're filling that they're creating so the doctrine in that rather the doctrine of necessity is because so many school board members in atlantic city are conflicted and tied in knots that they can't even vote on certain matters 
For instance, in case you didn't know this, if you're a board member and you have a spouse or an immediate parent, immediate family member, someone close to you that works in the district, you can't even vote on the budget. You have to get you'd have to get special permission from like the monitor, the county superintendent, the commissioner of education. You would have to get special permission to be able to even vote on the budget. I I don't know that it's the case now, but there was a point in time where there was not even a majority of the Atlantic City board members that could vote on the budget because they I'm just going to be honest with you. They abuse their position so bad that they all have friends and relatives with fantastic jobs, high paying jobs in the district. That's why I really believe Atlantic City should go back to the commission form of government. I wrote an article where I compared 1980 to 2022. They should go back to the commission form of government and anybody that's good that's in office now will win election at large. No ward council people getting a couple hundred votes. And having this this disproportionate amount of power. And I would also make the Board of Education appointed. This elected Board of Education is just terrible. It is awful. I mean, you've got Devlin in there and another board member or two, but this is, it is so out of control. We'll be visiting with John Devlin to talk about that coming up in about 12 minutes. Here is the, would have been, if we didn't open hyper local, here would have been my second lead story. And all these things are lead stories. It's just they're all at one time, and it's just unbelievable how much is going on. Uh, guest listener Andy wrote me how the husband dying just is heartbreaking. How did he How did he write it? Let me just double check. This story of the husband having the heart attack just destroys me. I wrote back, me too. This is um, so much heartbreak to ask people to bear. Can you imagine losing your mom? Then you're figuring, all right, well, at least I have my dad. And two days later, your dad is gone and he dies of a broken heart. Look, I'm not a doctor and maybe he had some kind of heart condition, either known or unknown. But I'm thinking if his wife doesn't die in a horrific gunfight, there's a very good chance his heart doesn't blow up yesterday. I feel pretty confident saying that. But when you are probably not sleeping for two days, absolutely distraught, the love of your life is violently taken from you and your four children lose their mom and you're dealing with all of that grief your own grief, the grief of the children. I mean, it's unbearable. It's hard to speak the words. I can't imagine. God is great. I mean, we, we can't even, we think we can, but we can't. You can't imagine the pain that's involved in that.
and now he's gone. And there are four young children, maybe some of them not even majority age. Their ages have not been revealed. But again, you're talking about parents that were 46, that were married for 24 years. Now, they did go for six years before that. Maybe they had children before they were married. I don't know. But these are not. These are young children, young adults. Mm. Now, here is one that is also just. What an amazing presence of mind. Would you would you have been able to do this? Would you have thought of this? What would you have done? And now we're talking about an 11 year old. If you notice, and I know some of the children, they've been named. I haven't named any of the children. I've never spoken the name of the scumbag shooter either, and I never will. If I do it, it'll be a slip. I know his name. First name begins with S. Last name begins with R. Uh, but I've given him no, and that's what we need to do. We cannot glorify and make famous these assassins. They, they should not even, their names should never be spoken. Think about how history records assassins. They become as famous as the person they killed. You think about it. John F. Kennedy, Lee Harvey Oswald, Abraham Lincoln, John Wilkes Booth, Robert Kennedy, Sirhan Sirhan. Can't glorify the bad guys. But here's an 11-year-old girl. She saw her teacher and her classmates die when this 18-year-old scumbag stormed into the elementary school and opened fire. When she saw them shot, even at age 11, that's extraordinary. She went into survival mode. She saw a friend of hers just blood covered, their own blood. She had the presence of mind. If you haven't heard this story, it's extraordinary. She had the presence of mind to put the blood all over herself. And then she pretended that she was dead. And the shooter didn't shoot her. She lived. Something was a little sketchy that I don't understand. They say she wasn't shot, but bullet fragments were removed from her back. So... I don't even know what that means. I, I guess bullets hit different objects and then pieces of the, the fragments of the bullet lodged into her back. It's a really weird way. Uh, I, I would say that you did get shot. Somebody, I mean, I don't have time to get into this now, but somebody tell me where I'm wrong there. I don't. I don't understand why... They say she wasn't shot, but bullet fragments were removed from her back. Well, guess what? Maybe I'm maybe I'm the stupidest guy in the room, but I would say she was shot. Maybe she wasn't directly the intended target. But if you've got bullet fragments in your back, 
then when the shooter was shooting and hit things all over the place, people and objects, pieces, fragments of the bullet did hit her. So I'm going to say she was shot. And that's my story. John Devlin is next. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is six minutes past the hour. Something I wanted to mention last hour on a lighter note. Uh, I couldn't make it yesterday. Uh, yesterday just was was a great day, but it was a it was a busy day. So sometime this weekend, I will get to Top Gun Maverick, the first Top Gun made in 1986. So what, 40 years later, thereabouts, the the sequel. I understand through excellent authority. That the movie is over the top fantastic. I'll let you know about it on Tuesday morning. But I'm definitely going to get there. And uh, looking forward to it. Ladies and gentlemen, on the Hurley in the Morning Newsmaker Hotline is John Devlin, retired Atlantic City police officer. uh, Until recently, the chairman of the Atlantic City Municipal Utilities Authority. uh, The small mayor... Uh, petty as that joker is, uh, saw to it that Devlin would be taken out of that. I, I understand there are a lot of people that have buyer's remorse of of doing uh, Small's dirty work on that. That that's disgusting and disgraceful that that happened. And we, if you go to our website or the app, we, we chronicled the entire situation closer than anyone in the media. There's a lot of content on that. And, of course, John Devlin is the longtime president of the Atlantic City Board of Education, and he joins us now. John, welcome back to Hurley in the Morning. Good morning, Harry. How are you? I'm well. Uh, It's Memorial Day weekend, which is hard to believe, so summer is here. Uh, How does it feel? I was thinking about this during the break. How does it feel to serve on a public entity, but really what you work on, work for, work with, you work for an employment agency. This is the Marty and Laquetta Small Employment Agency, the city of Atlantic City. Well, you know, Harry, you know, as a board member and prior president, prior vice president, chaired almost every committee on that uh, board over the last 19 years, you know, you want to make sure, uh, regardless of their politics, you want to make sure our superintendent's successful, Right. Um, what I don't like to see is um, hirings and promotions um, that, you know, kind of like the slant, slant of eye where you don't see it coming. Um, I thought walking into that meeting, and by the way, I think you hit it, you know, <clears throat> in an article you wrote, you we get these board packets, which is substantial. And then take in mind this is a voluntary position, and we get these packets a day 
or hours sometimes prior to the board meeting. That's not fair as a board member. And it's not fair to the public. And it's not fair to the taxpayers. It's not fair to the children. You're forcing us to vote on something that we just received. You know, I like to thoroughly read this. You're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars, if not tens of millions of yeah. dollars in some points. Right? Yeah, John, you can't help but think it's on purpose because unless something is truly an emergency, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think the hiring of a new superintendent in a position that the previous state monitor eliminated, I don't know what would constitute an emergency meeting of a position that doesn't even exist that couldn't just be handled through normal operating process of a regular board meeting, it being on the agenda, board members days and days and days in advance. Look, I understand if there's some bill that has to be paid or something that came up after the the packet originally went out, uh, you know, you're going to get some add on things and then either board members decide, I, I let's put that to the next meeting because I just don't feel comfortable voting for it without you know, having the opportunity to learn about it further in advance. So you would have that opportunity to, to be able to vote and think accordingly. But the doctrine of necessity. All right. I get it. If if there's so many conflicted board members because the employment agency has all the board members with immediate family members and conflicts where they can't vote on the budget or certain other things. So you would at some point have to get permission to to be able to vote on things you otherwise would be conflicted from voting on. But, John, I can't think as a former board member myself, as a member of the local media for over 30 years, I can't think of a reason why there was a hastily called meeting that wasn't properly advertised to the public with enough advance notice, what is this all about? Um, Harry, it's funny you say this. Um, you know, and I know you covered this uh, extensively um, in articles and on your show, was I called a special meeting um, all, over a year ago now uh, regarding the suspect of child abuse and child endangerment and, and sexual assaults done on uh, children in our district. And I, I was met with, what is the rush? I think, um, Mr. Yeah, well, what's, what's the rush? Why would we need a, an emergency special meeting? Uh, little boys are being sexually abused. What, John, what, what would be the emergency for that? But yet it's an emergency to hire somebody. You know, they know exactly. John, am I stupid? Don't they know exactly who I can name the name right now of the person who's going to get this job? They know exactly who's going to get this job, don't they? That's the problem in Atlantic City. The public, you know, the public and the streets know the hirings and firings prior to us. I have people coming up to me all the time. <clears throat> they didn't give me one name; they gave me two names. Because guess what? There's going to be two positions to be to be opened, and then prior to June. So I'll bet you, and we'll have a private conversation that we'll know both names prior to the June meeting. Yeah. And I have no parts of any kind of hiring. I haven't interviewed no pro. I'm not part of any process. I just from the street. I've been hearing it. And John, these these aren't uh, bubblegum. I mean, we're talking hundred and fifty thousand dollar a year with whatever it is. I'm I'm a relic when it comes to to knowing about exactly the cost of fringe benefits. But they used to be like thirty percent uh, on top of the salary for fringe benefits. I mean, we're talking about big ticket jobs here. Right, the package would be well over two hundred thousand. Harry, you know, you figure the salary is one hundred fifty plus 
plus family uh, benefits is cost around forty two thousand. You know, you're 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 well over two hundred thousand dollars in one position. And again, Harry, I want to take the politics aside. Uh, I want to give any superintendent the 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 tools they need to be successful because we want them to be successful. We could play politics over the weekend, whatever. But when it comes to that, that's I, I stand the ground. We need to make whoever the superintendent is. We make him or her successful. Well, I love John. I love what you're saying, but when they call a meeting in hours and nobody knows what's going on, and people think that it's to fill the the position of an assistant superintendent that's leaving on June 30th, and I'm thinking it's May 26th. So what? What's and that's yesterday, the day of the meeting. What's the rush? Just in the next meeting, just start talking about it, and we have to fill this position because somebody's leaving. But it turns out it's a whole new position. So then they're going to look to hire two assistant superintendents. What's the rush, John? That's, you know, again, uh, Harry, I, I don't know what the, the special meeting we, and, and breaking news. And, and you probably already know this. We had three meetings this month alone. We had a special meeting for the budget. We had the regular board meeting and we have a special meeting to hire uh, or to create a new position, which is. Um, maybe we do need it, but do we have to have a special meeting to, you know, <laughs> create a new position? I literally, the it took them longer to read the resolution than it did the whole meeting. That was the ninety percent of the meeting was just reading the resolution, and we were out the door in fifteen minutes. Like, yeah, you know, John, hold on, we're going to do one more segment. We've got to get a break in. When we come back, more with Atlantic City Board of Education member John Devlin coming up at seven thirty-five this morning, right after the bottom of the hour break. We're going to visit with Rick Santoro. We're going to be talking about the former, I say former because she's gone, former Boardwalk Ambassador Jasmine Martin, who was shot and killed Monday by her boyfriend. And she leaves behind two children, two beautiful boys, eight and ten. And there's just a lot of things um, going on, a lot to talk about. Uh, you can imagine the family is shattered. They're, they're just heartbroken uh, they need help. So we're going to visit with Rick about this coming up after John. Then we'll have Senator Michael Testa in the 8 o'clock hour. And I want to thank John Walters. Uh, I couldn't do Wednesday in the 9 o'clock hour. Uh, we did the show, but it was um, content that we already had put together so that the Hurley program went on. But it wasn't me live. I was doing Kilmeade live in the 9 o'clock hour, so I couldn't do John's program and this all happened on short notice. So I only had a day's notice that I would be doing Kilmeade. So I called John, texted him actually, and said, can you do Friday? I can't do uh, tomorrow. And John was great and he moved for me. So we're going to end the show today with John Walter's reverse mortgage funding. Back with John Devlin, another John, right after this. I'm Hurley in the morning. This is WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 South Jersey's number one talk station. And until they uh, clean up their act, I'm going to be referring to Atlantic City as the small and small local employment agency for family and friends. Your morning cup of Sean. This is the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. And conservatism is what? What do we want? We want less government in our lives, limited government. We want the lowest taxes possible. We want... Uh, to end the burdensome bureaucracy that is a stranglehold on business. We want secure borders. 
We want energy independence. We want those high-paying career jobs in the energy sector. We want we want constitutional justices. People want and deserve cities and, and towns that are safe and secure. We believe in law and we believe in order. We believe that if, if our public schools are failing our kids at a spectacular level, our kids deserve better. We want safe schools and we want good schools. It's pretty simple. The conservative underground meets later today on the Sean Hannity Show. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. Four out of five employers who post a job in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. ZipRecruiter. The smartest way to hire. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter.com slash. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 FM, 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. This is true, and because of you, South Jersey's number one talk station. We know it. We honor you, and we thank you for it. And we are visiting with John Devlin from the Atlantic City Board of Education. John, time is yours. Uh, What else would you like to share? No, I just want to reiterate, you know, um, going back to adding another staff member, I think um, walking in that meeting, and myself, and I'm speaking for myself now, but I think I was a little confused to um, adding a position. I thought we were um, changing the existing position from assistant superintendent of curriculum to um, assistant superintendent that would cover in the absence of our of our superintendent. But I, I think that, and I know now that it wasn't. We have now on the books two super assistant superintendents, you know, at a very high salary, at a very high um, rate. So, um and you had mentioned this. You had mentioned the former um, monitor had eliminated. He had two of those positions. We at one time had three, and you know this, three super assistant superintendents. And when we did the RIF, and when the monitor came in, he eliminated two of them. We kept one. And then what happened was, through attrition, um, we had three, and then through attrition, we got rid of Barry, moved up to superintendent, and then we had one. And now we're going back to two, it looks like. Well, it doesn't look like it is. <clears throat> and with that being said, I just think it's excessive on, on all. I think it's excessive on the taxpayers. And, you know, we want to make sure that our board succeeds and our administration succeeds. But I don't think, you know, we have a bad habit here of throwing good money at bad money, using good resources to hire. You know, let, let, you know, we have a bad habit here in Atlantic City, not just the school district, but throwing good money at bad money. You know, oh, we're having a problem over here. Just throw money at, throw money at. That's not the answer. You know, let's let's regroup. Let's put everything on the table and they say, you know, let's let's figure this one out better. And we're not doing that. And you, you, you've been around a long time, Harry. You know, that's what we do here. And yep. it's, it's a failing. It's a really it's a failing situation. And um, 
hopefully moving forward, you know, the, we can be a little bit more transparent um, as administration and board and seeing these things uh, coming forward. And uh, one of the things I'm going to push for, too, moving forward is the bring back zoom we should have zoom and in-person attending sure uh, attendance why not because i think we had a lot we had a lot of people uh, a lot of uh residents and and parents alike uh, really enjoyed the zoom and were able to zoom in because i mean harry we had three board meetings this month alone yeah hey john i did an exercise because i want it time stamped we will be able to prove it down the road and then i'm going to write about this at the time when i cover and i will i will no doubt be the first to break this because we break everything it seems uh i sent you straight from my day timer you can even see there's a little peak there of like 12 one o'clock two o'clock so you can see that this is my actual day timer in my handwriting which shows that you are coming on at 705 in the morning because you're in my book And then I wrote the name of two people who I believe will be the next two assistant superintendents in the Atlantic City Public School System. Do those two names, are they the two names that you hear? Give me one sec just to pull this up. Yep. It's okay. Uh, Yeah, I got it here in front of me. Yep. Uh, It's funny. They're the two names I hear. Okay. um, You know, I'm not... I know yeah. this isn't great radio and we're not letting you in on it because I don't want to put people's names out uh, recklessly. But this I, I believe that these will be the two superintendents. Uh, John, the question that I keep I'm in search of an answer is why is the state of New Jersey permitting all of this? I think that's the question heard around the city. Nobody knows. Um, I mean, it, it's. Let's make it clear that our monitor is a fiscal monitor. Okay, that's what she always says, and, you know, that's what she stands the line on. This is fiscal. Um, having two superintendents when your predecessor got rid of one or got rid of two, I don't know. I thought, you know, she would, you know, she wasn't at the meeting last night, but I, would, I was thinking maybe that's something that she would question. But, again, you know, the habit here in Glancy, we throw money around, you know, because, that's just been past practice, and I think it's bad past practice. We can't keep throwing good money at bad money. Let's put these in programs or resources that make us better. Adding personnel at a, you know at over two hundred thousand dollars a year, one position. I, I don't know. I can't. I mean, you're, you're. It's one of the most dysfunctional situations I've ever seen. They kick Stockton University out of the boathouse because they lied and said that they have. This this incredible need for the boathouse. Now you're giving the boathouse to the city. I mean, you can't, John. Honestly, you can't make this stuff up. This is crazy. The stuff that's been going on. Still is up in the air, Harry. Still, if you know, if you didn't, I, you know, we were being told that we're in negotiations. There's no negotiations. They're trying to get rid of this building. And you now, I mean, it's just it's it's one fact after the other after the other. Um, you know, we're not starting out well. You know, we're not starting out well this year. And um, I think in the future, you're going to see more and more people come out. Um, right now, I mean, again, I mean, there, there's a huge, that was a huge thing, Stockton. And yeah, have you heard any more? No, heard any well, more the only thing I had, and I was comfortable writing it, I had the agenda that put right on it that the city was going to be getting the boathouse. I mean, it was right there in, in black and white. 
Let me leave you with this, John. We have one minute. The level of dysfunctionality, I, I would say flat out just incompetent management, really shows the danger of too much consolidated power within under one roof. This small having the city and small having the uh, the Board of Education, this is dangerous. Well, there's a half a billion dollars of budget under one roof. I would say that's, you know, to me, that's dangerous. I, I, there's, a, there's, you know, a lot of money, um, a large budget on both sides of the aisle um, under one roof. And, you know, maybe uh, we should have broke that up a little bit more. I don't know. You know, again, <clears throat> we'll see what the future has in store. John, I don't want to put you on the spot, but you do have litigation over what was done to you on the Atlantic City Municipal Utilities Authority. I, I'm I'm very I I my mind is is pretty settled on the fact that I believe you're going to recover. I believe the Fred Bohr will recover. It's very regrettable that it's come to this, isn't it? It's crazy. I've never seen so many lawsuits and, and you've been around as long as me or not longer. How many lawsuits not only the MUA has against them, but the city and the school district has so many lawsuits. The 19 years I've spent on this board, I've never, ever seen so many lawsuits. And John, we're on overtime right now, and I don't want to be late for Rick Santoro, but I've got to squeeze this in and get a quick comment from you. I understand that a number of more of the parents, I've only been willing to report on minor child number one because that's documented, it's established. And you know how I work. I don't report what I can't prove. But I have been told by Craig Calloway and many other people that there are a number of other families that will be suing the Atlantic City Board of Education for their children uh, being abused. So there there are many more suits coming, aren't there? That's what I'm hearing, Harry. That's exactly what I'm hearing. And um, <clears throat> it's unfortunate, but I, I believe that you're going to see more and more of that's been the trend uh, around Atlantic City, you know, not just the school district, not just the ACMUA, not just the around Atlantic City. That's been the trend. Is my article that's up on our app and at WPGTalkRadio.com uh, relative to this whole meeting yesterday and everything, is it accurate, John? I read it twice. It was spot on, like always. Thank you, John. Let's let's stay close. Let's stay in touch. Thank you, Harry. Have a great weekend. Have a great weekend. Thank you, sir. When we come back, Rick Santoro will join us. Uh, and as I mentioned, we're going to be speaking about um, the the very tragic death of Jasmine Martin and what that means in terms of her two children and just a very, very sad situation. We'll be back in just a little bit. Don't go away. It is the Hurley in the Morning program on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 South Jersey's number one talk station, all because of you. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And it's Harry Hurley at 32 minutes past the hour with three stories that you can follow right now on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. 44 years ago, Resorts Casino Hotel changed everything. We have the story and a photo by Greg Cole that hasn't been seen in 44 years. It's really cool. The Atlantic City Board of Education, you just heard all about it. They want to hire a new position, 150000 plus. They're nuts. And U.S. Senators Menendez and Booker deliver $6 million to Atlantic City. 
From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zero. There is a batch of rain over Pennsylvania right now. That'll come into play in South Jersey this afternoon. Severe weather is a possibility. For now, we've got pockets of fog. It'll be mostly cloudy and breezy, warm and humid today, high of 76. Few waves of thunderstorms likely starting late this afternoon. Muggy tonight, low 65, a few hit or miss showers, and maybe a thunderstorm around tomorrow. Sun and clouds in 79. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Walk the red early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one talk station. Thank you very much. That's all because of you, and we know it. We thank you for making WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one talk station. Joining us now, we go back, oh my gosh, we go back, I guess, to 1981, to the Golden Nugget, Atlantic City. It's kind of interesting how it just is uh, kind of a mirror thing. We both worked for Steve Wynn. We both worked for Donald Trump. I have followed Rick's career uh, since his career as a senior vice president of security. It's why when we talked yesterday, uh, I, I listen intently because he's he has great experience in this whole dignitary protection thing where we're really important billionaires. And I o- often remember to remember to say that when Steve Wynn picked Rick Santoro uh, as his guy, Steve Wynn could pick anybody, anybody, find anyone, anywhere. And this is the same Steve Wynn whose daughter Kevin was kidnapped. So he, he, he takes dignitary protection very seriously. And I can say the same for our former boss, President Trump. Uh, so I listen very intently uh, to Rick when he speaks on matters like this. Uh, and sometime I want to talk to Rick about, but not now, because we're going to be talking about something uh, local and something very, very important and tragic. But I do want to talk to Rick about this discrepancy. The media is turning now on law enforcement, and I hate to see this, but when you say that engagement took place initially and and then it didn't and and an hour went by before this or that, I mean, it's really uh, it's starting to um, to pile up here. But that's not for today. Rick, welcome. I just wanted to share with people your pedigree in this area. And it's always a a pleasure to speak with you, but not not for the reason we're going to be talking, though. Good, good morning, Harry, and thank you so much, and good morning to your listeners. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak this morning. Um, I, I, uh, there was so much tragedy this past week, <clears throat> but the week started off, <clears throat> excuse me, the week started off Monday night with the tragic death of Jasmine Martin Richardson. Jasmine is a 30-year-old a resident of Pleasantville, um, she had two small children, um, Samaj and Samir, 10 years old and eight. And um, uh, Jasmine died in her home. Uh, the Atlanta County prosecutors and local police responded and an arrest was made. Uh, she died as a result of, of gun, gunfire inside of her house. Mm. Um, this, this young woman was a boardwalk ambassador. She was one of our people that's contracted through ADM and she worked on the boardwalk in that bright uniform uh, that, that we have in place there, and she was a shining star. This, this young woman um, came to work happy, excited. She was proud to wear her uniform. She was um, 
uh, recently became a CPR instructor, and she told me that not only she volunteered for that because not only could she help a tourist or a visitor, she could help a coworker, and she may help her family if anything ever happened at a family function. She was just a great, vibrant, excited worker. And people may not realize how tough that job is to be an ambassador. They, of course, they get asked thousands of questions, you know, and, and maybe a million people walk that boardwalk every year. In addition to giving directions, they render aid. Um, our ambassadors have gone into the water to save people. They've done CPR. They've, they've assisted people who have overdosed. They've uh, intervened in um, cases where someone was suicidal and, and um, stabilized and, and hugged them until uh, the police came. And you have to have thick skin to do that job. At the same time, you have to be friendly and you have to be um, kind. And uh, Jasmine checked all those boxes. And, um, you know, her, her, her parents, um, Annie and Tariq, um, now are, are caring for her children, her, her young children. And this family uh, needs our help. This this. Um, a family set up a GoFundMe page to to um, help. It's 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 simple. It's it's Sons of Jasmine Martin, and Jasmine is spelt with a Z, J A Z M E N Martin. Um, but this this just hits home so, so bad. I mean, a gun. You know, people that die as a result of gunfire and and lose their lives because of that. I mean, it's 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 so prevalent today for a multitude of reasons, but this family, this woman, this tragedy in our area is really uh, resonating because uh, Jasmine and her extended family, including her sister, Bernice Martin, is one of the, our CRDA general maintenance supervisors. This, this is a family of hardworking, blue-collar people that uh, don't ask for anything, have never for anything and now their world is rocked by this tragedy and and, and, and uh, rick and two two little boys eight and ten have lost their mom yes yes and uh you know th this is a tight family and and you know knowing the little bit i know about them they're very very intertwined the cousins and and everyone and it's just so sad that that they're not going to have their mom and and now you know at this point in time their grandparents um annie and Tariq are are caring for them but you know their their life's going to go on and they're going to grow up to to be uh, young men and adults one day and and they need they need help and um we're asking if there's any way possible if people find it in their hearts that can uh, contribute to this GoFundMe, Sons of Jasmine Martin and and Harry. You know me; I, I don't ask for anything. No, I, you know I don't really do that. But um, this family needs our help, and and I think this community has shown uh, repeatedly that they will step up and help people in need. So. Hey, Rick, what is your schedule for the next 15 minutes? Are, are you good or do you got to go right now? No, no, I'm good. I don't have to be. I'm, I'm, I won't be. Uh, I'm not in, in, in uniform and uh, out there until 830. Okay, well, good. Hold on. Don't go away because when we come back, 
Uh, and we'll we'll do something uh, on our digital platform to support what Rick is talking about here for for Jasmine. Uh, I have a question. We'll separate this now with five minutes in between. I have a question for Rick Santoro when we come back uh, relative to to uh, Uvalde, Texas. The thing I don't want to see happen, and I saw it turn. I was doing Kill Me nationally, and the coverage was empathetic, supportive, and law enforcement was being just um, canonized, and and the the the, the compliments for the. Uh, tactical expert from the Border Patrol that, that got this scumbag and took him down. And now it's all flipping into horrible stuff. I want to get Rick's take on that when we come back in just a few minutes. Don't go away. It is the Hurley in the, Hurley in the Morning program on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 South Jersey's number one talk station, all because of you. And we know it and we thank you for it. Summertime at the Jersey Shore. The glitz and glamour of Atlantic City's casinos. Jersey's best pizza on the Ocean City Boardwalk. Great rides in Wildwood. And miles and miles of bumper-to-bumper traffic. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 wants to keep you moving with expanded summertime traffic updates. Friday afternoon through your ride back Sunday evening. WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's talk station. Hi, it's Mark Lee and Van Camp. Join us later today at 1. Now back to Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. Thank you so very much. It's 52 minutes past the hour in about... 12 minutes, we'll be joined by New Jersey Senator Michael Testa for the next hour. And then John Walters, who kindly moved from Wednesday when I did Kilmeade uh, until today in the nine o'clock hour. And we'll talk about reverse mortgages with John, our expert in that regard. We have Rick Santoro. And I know a lot of people know maybe this iteration of Rick Santoro, executive with the Special Improvement District and all that. And he does a fabulous job. But Rick spent decades as a senior top senior executive uh, for um, President Trump. And, and Rick had a very important position at the Golden Nugget with Mr. Wynn. And Rick, you you have done dignitary protection yourself for very high value people. You have decades of experience at the highest level directing a paramilitary organization. And I know about this phenomenon called the fog of war and you see things that didn't really happen. You don't see things that should have, you know, and all this stuff. But I'm at a loss regarding the discrepancies involving law enforcement in Uvalde, Texas, that started to come out yesterday. What do you make of this? Well, uh, I do know it's still an active and ongoing investigation. I know that there's a lot of uh, stuff that has been spun by media and bystanders and people were there. But at the, from the and look, it's not my position to to disparage law enforcement, and, and I have them in my heart, and I know how difficult these situations are. But I don't know what the reasons could be for such a delay. Um, I know that after Columbine, the active shooter response protocol was drastically changed. Columbine, if you remember, the the police officers got there and they were told to wait for the SWAT team, and they waited and they waited and they waited. While uh, teachers and, and students and employees were systematically executed, <clears throat> the new tactics that evolved that continue to evolve are the first two or three 
officers to get to a scene they, from any agency. They don't have to even be from the same police agency. They get in a small group and they go in and they go towards the gunfire and they, they go in and they go in and they go in until it's over, until it ends, one way or another, until it ends. <clears throat> I don't know what happened in this situation. I don't know if it was a command decision that they were told by a commander to to stand down and, and uh, hold. I don't know if it transitioned into a barricaded uh, situation where now, now the um, shooter was barricaded in a classroom and may or may not have had hostages in there before, uh, um, you know, uh, different tactics needed to be used. But it, it doesn't sound exactly the way a a response would be but we don't know these other facts and what happened what right happened. i'll tell you I, I, now the one item that i'm just having a very difficult time processing is early on there was a pronouncement that there was an initial engagement with any i believe they even said that there was gunfire in this initial engagement with someone in law enforcement and with this scumbag shooter whose name I don't say on this program, I've never spoken his name. I'm never going to. So that couldn't have happened now that we know what we know a day or more later. How does that how does that get released officially? I, I just can't I can't process this. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense about that. Either that happened or it didn't. Right. And, and you know, the value of today's every agency has PIOs, um, public information officers that are trained and understand what to release and what not to release. And a misfire like that is really, you know, of, of epic proportions. Because, because and, Well, as you know, it, 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 it then gets the media in a whole different modality. The media, instead of being empathetic and, and acting one way, is now, has now become very aggressively investigative uh, and challenging everything. And it's also awful, as you know, Rick, you've dealt with, with bad situations. Uh, it's awful for the community because then you have parents in the community at large. It's a very close-knit community, Latino community of about, I believe, 20,000 people. So we're talking about you know something not much bigger than like Ventnor or Margate, something like that, a little less than Atlantic City, half of Atlantic City, uh, which is about, what, 38,000, 40,000 or, or so. So it gets everybody just crazy, and they're already upset. And now if you have parents that don't trust what they're hearing – that was that was a really bad mistake. Horrible. And the whole evolution of the PIO program is really to establish trust and um, transparency as much, much as possible. And that trust allows, in some cases, the media can't release certain facts and certain things for the purpose of, of an investigation. So when that trust is breached by disinformation, um, you know, you have to feed the beast. The media is going to do what they're going to do to try to get their understanding of the facts out. And meanwhile, you have these victims, these survivors that are now really, really upset because now this trust has been uh, broken with them. Exactly. And, you know, the, and, and it's, it's really another... Uh, form of victimization that that these people will go through now that hey rick final minute i'm only jumping in quick because it's all we've got uh we're out of time 
And this helped me very much the other day when you called in, and I didn't even know you were going to call in, but I did know I was going to be interviewing Governor Murphy nationally on Fox News, and it made national news. Fox News staff did a national article and national coverage on our interview with Governor Murphy, and I got to ask the question that I don't think I would have asked had you not called in the same morning, this past Wednesday morning, about the target hardening. Give us a minute that we have on what you believe, not only what that means, but what can we do about that? Uh, uh, target hardening is just a security trade term that means um, adding uh, physical and technology to uh, targets that would be soft target targets to delay and deter attackers from getting into those facilities. So there's examples of bullet-resistant glass, special locks, mag mag control locks and doors, cameras. Target hardening is something that has to be apparent in all schools. New Jersey has a pretty robust program for it, but this should be a national initiative that's funded federally that target hardening standards are implemented on a national basis. Ten seconds. And it should be funded funded by the federal government to take the burden off local school boards that may or may not have the will or the money. We'll stay close regarding Jasmine Martin. Rick, let me know what we can do to help. And uh, good to talk to you, my friend. Thank you so much. And thank you to listeners. And please help the Martin family. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is six minutes past the hour. I'm very pleased to report that this is a special day of the month. And a special hour of the Hurley in the Morning program, because like clockwork on this particular Friday uh, each month, we visit with Senator Michael Testa and we catch up on uh, all things good and, and unfortunately all things bad because we don't, uh, you know, we don't avoid that either. Senator, welcome. It's great to have you here. It's always the great to be on with the mayor of the morning who never needs to run for re-election. You're the mayor in perpetuity. Um, I don't care what anybody says. And uh, you have your own fiefdom on the airwaves for sure. So great to be back, Harry. I appreciate it. And thank you for not calling me a hypocrite for being four term limits in certain cases, but not in my own office. I thank you for that uh, because it just seems that people let me get away with that. Uh, It's great to uh, visit with you today. And some of what we're going to talk about is, is very unpleasant. But th- there is just a um, a dour mood in America right now. America's in mourning because of the the brutal animal that that gunned down nineteen young children and two teachers. Uh, we have a country that's broken. We have a supply chain that's broken. Can't even feed babies. Formula uh, gas prices are ridiculous. I mean, we're broken on the world stage. We're broken here domestically. I don't believe now I was very young when Jimmy Carter was mismanaging the country. But this is beyond that. I wish my father was still here so I could talk to him about it. But this was this is beyond that. This is this is uh, and and a lot of it is self-inflicted, 
Senator. I mean, when 15 months ago we are energy independent and a net oil exporter, and now we're paying, depending on what blend you get, $5.30 some cents. And if you're buying diesel, over $6 a gallon. This is ridiculous what's going on. It's absolutely ridiculous. And look, you know, as in my attorney capacity, I represent some trucking companies. There's a diesel shortage as well. You know, people don't realize that. Um, they're actually going to be, many people don't know this, um, home heating uh, fuel is the same as, as diesel. And, but it has red dye in it typically. They're actually going to allow that home heating fuel to be used for for trucking because they, they, just the supply chain is so short. Um, there's actually a movement to do that. But, you know, one of the things, look, I've had, you know, I'm blessed to have my mom and dad around there. You know, they're uh, older than you are, Harry. I won't say their ages, but, you know, I was born during the Carter administration. And I've asked them about that very thing. I mean, as you and I are always, you know, same church, same pew in, in our line of thinking. My father, I said, was it ever, was it really this bad? And he said, no. He said, back then there was still faith that America would be the world leader. There was still faith that America would recover. And right now there really isn't that faith of the people. And there isn't the trust of the government right now that people typically had. Um, and look, you know, again, most people have that trust. I, I heard um, Larry Trump this morning on, on Fox News say, you know, typically most families have a trust that when they drop their kids off at school that they are going to be safe. Parents are losing that trust. Um, people are losing the trust, the fact that they can't feed their baby's formula. They can't necessarily even, you know, it's Memorial Day weekend, and we all have to keep in mind what Memorial Day weekend is really about and what it's supposed to be about. But we also know that Memorial weekend is the symbolic kicking off of the summer season. And I can tell you this, in my capacity as senator and just walking around my hometown of Vineland, where I know a lot of people visit the shore regularly, they're saying, look, with gas prices the way things are, we're, we're really altering what we're, our plans are for the summer. And I've said this before. I gave a speech earlier in the week, and I also heard America's congressman uh, Jeff Andrew speak earlier in the week. And, and we had similar speeches, even though that wasn't planned at all. And the fact that this really isn't the America that we grew up in. This isn't the New Jersey that we grew up in. And people just are at an all-time high of unsettledness and just distrust of the government. And I can tell you this. There's actually a poll done. You may know this, Harry. I've talked about it before. I sit on, on the executive board of a national super PAC, the RSLC. And right now, this this level of uneasiness and anxiety is that the highest time, uh, the highest it's ever been in recorded history. Wow. I'm not surprised. I mean, when you look at every single indice, it's bad. You take some of the intangibles that are tough to quantify, but you know them when you see them and you know how you feel. And the comment you made was not lost on me that parents now have to worry about when you take your children to school, if you're ever going to see them again. That should never be. We, we've got to do something about this. I like this idea of um, – that's why I think you read it. I hope you read it. And if not, I will send it to you separately. But I wrote my thoughts of Uvalde, Texas and what I think we could do. Uh, obviously, you, you can't – it can't be political because we get nowhere with that. No one gives an inch. Chuck Schumer with his, his almost hate speech – 
uh, the morning after. President Biden was shameful when he starts screaming about the gun lobby. This was terrible what they were doing. Instead of mourning and being a consoler in chief, it was all politics. But I believe if we actually get together, Senator, and talk about what can we do that's not at all political, that we all can agree on, maybe it's hardening the the, 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 the target. Uh, maybe we need more technology. Schools, perhaps, I mean, because I watched this, this scumbag just easily walk right into the school. You just can't have that anymore. There's got to be one entrance, one exit. It's, it's just got to be buttoned down here. But if we get out of the business of going after the Second Amendment, because that's in the Constitution, it's it's a right. It's not a privilege. So you could say, hey, you can't smoke until you're 16. Oh, no, you can't smoke until you're 18. No, you can't smoke until you're 21. Well, you can get away with that kind of stuff with state laws and things like that, because that's a privilege. It's not a right. The right to bear arms is a right. So rather than attack the Second Amendment like these goofballs are going to be protesting the NRA. Hey, look, the NRA teaches responsible gun ownership. They train. I mean, what what are you protesting the NRA? They they weren't the scumbag that went into to the um, Rob Elementary School and did all this. So I think if these these jackass politicians at the national level will stop trying to to score their political cheap points, like I'm sure you saw Beto O'Rourke. That guy jumped the shark. He is a jerk and an ass clown and a jackass and a lot of other things I want to call him that I can't say on family radio on this station. Uh, what he did, you're aware of what Better O'Rourke did the other day, aren't you, Senator? Uh, uh, 100%. I mean, and, you know, his dog and pony show should have been over quite a long time ago. Yes. He's the only person I know that somehow... You know, and, and I hate to say this in a partisan fashion, but in, in typical Democrat fashion, wants to stumble upwards, runs for U.S. Senate, fails, decides he's going to run for president, United States president, fails, and, and then fails. Now he wants to run for governor, and, and he's going to fail colossally for the third time. And hopefully when, when Beto falls for the third time, it's the last time. Um, you know, he, he, you said something really perfect, Harry that this is not a political issue. And I say this all of the time. There are partisan issues, there are bipartisan issues, and there are nonpartisan issues. The safety of our children attending school each and every day is a nonpartisan issue. You know, one of the things that we're going to have to come together and have a very serious long-term discussion about is the mental health of young people. Yes. Obviously, we're seeing a trend where the mental health of young people is not nearly as stable as we thought it once was. Senator, yeah. Senator, it's break time, and I want to I want to give you the floor as soon as we come back in a couple of minutes to further that because you are so correct about that. Let's face it, this 18 year old person who's dead shot his own grandmother in the face and and posted about it that he was going to shoot her. Then posted, I did shoot her in the face, and now I'm going to go shoot uh, elementary school kids. So, amen to that, brother. There is something here that we've got to pay attention to. No doubt about it. I will say, and I said this to John Zarek yesterday, in a lot of these cases, it's these young men or young boys 
that do not have a father figure in their life. I think that's a big part of it as well. We'll be back with Senator Testa in just a few minutes. Don't go away. Great one. Send us to the break, please. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 South Jersey's talk station. It's early in the morning, anytime, anywhere on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. With Senator Michael Testa. Before the break, Senator, you were on quite a roll. Time is yours. What I said before was that we really need to sit down and have experts and both parties at the table in a complete nonpartisan fashion to discuss what is really happening with, you know, young men like this who really go off the rails. Um, we have to have a very serious discussion about adolescent and young people's mental health in this country. Obviously, we're I think we're experiencing a mental health crisis. I, I'm not sure whether this young man who I won't say his name the same way as you have, who's now deceased, um, whether you know some of his mental health issues were exacerbated by the COVID nineteen lockdowns and crisis that we've had, but you know as as a nation right now there are a lot of young people suffering learning loss, suffering from mental mental health issues, socialization issues that I think we really need to address, and we need to address it rather, sooner rather than later. Um, look, you know it's amazing to me the number of posts that I had made, and I'm not making this about myself at all. But posts that I had made and others had made that had even the mention of the word COVID in it got flagged by social media. This scumbag, and that's what he was, this scumbag posted about shooting his grandmother and going to a school to shoot up a school and somehow that wasn't flagged. I'm not really understanding how posts that mentioned COVID vaccinations and other things got flagged by so many people. Yet this doesn't get flagged at all and reported. Yeah, um, and and I I will say the, the the definitive answer, if this was the match game game show where you would try to get the definitive answer and win the money, is their priorities are really bad. They micromanaged for political purposes. If look, if you put Hunter Biden, I'm not getting political either. This this happened. If you if you're not allowed to say, it, oh, it's political. What do you mean? I can't say it. You did this and I can't say it because you're going to say I'm political. You were political. We weren't political. If you mentioned Hunter Biden in the laptop, you got put in social media jail. Your post was taken down. And you're right. Uh, the Taliban can post. Kim Jong-un can post. Uh, other heinous people, they can post. This scumbag, dirtball, uh, to quote John Walsh, uh, you know, is able to write the stuff that he did because they're not on top of that. But they're on top of their political agenda, though. What they want to police, they're really good at doing, aren't they? They, they certainly are. And, and, and it just it saddened me. And, if, and a few people asked me, they, you know, that fr- close friends of mine that said, hey, are you going to release a statement about this? And, and I have always said this, and you know this, Harry, about me. I, I don't ever necessarily want to be the first one to talk about a very serious topic. I want my answer. I want my statement to be very measured and well thought out. And I was saddened by the clown car of politicians that got on television and tried to use this for a political agenda. And, you know, even even those in New Jersey who were calling for tougher gun laws and things of that nature, 
New Jersey has some of the most difficult gun laws in the United States of America to navigate for both law enforcement and the private citizen. And none of the laws that are currently in place in the state of New Jersey would have done anything to prevent this you know, domestic terrorist, and that's what he, what he was, from obtaining a, a legal firearm in the state of Texas, right? I mean, and that's, that's what really concerns me. You have these people who get on this, their soapbox and, you know, what you said, the clown like Beto O'Rourke interrupting, uh, you know, a, a town hall. That was terrible. It just is, it's an absolute, it, it's, it's, it's an absolute disservice to the families who are yeah. grieving. Senator, but- I really believe, and I've seen a lot, and I know you've seen a lot in our young years, but uh, I, I believe that what I witnessed, and I saw Beto O'Rourke basically do that live, I think it's one of the worst things I've ever seen someone ever do. And he even used the language, you know, you're doing nothing and kids got shot in the face. He's talking like that while parents are just impossibly grieving, unbearably so. Yeah, he he obviously he knows he's going to lose the election. And that was his Hail Mary. And it, it was so poorly thought out uh, because he intended to do that. That wasn't like some impromptu thing. He intended to disrupt and make a spectacle and make a fool and a joke of himself. And he is absolutely going to get crushed in the election. He is. And and, and, the, and the fact of the matter is, is I don't even care about Beto O'Rourke. Yeah. If any of these politicians that have that have, you know, used a tragedy to somehow score points in the silo in the echo chamber of their political party this isn't political this is this is about children yeah. right i mean and i can't even imagine families are still trying to process this so you know when let I- me ask you a question this is going to this is going to hurt but you're a dad you and your wife have small children do you worry do you worry about – I mean, I believe it was Rick Santoro that said it. Was it Rick Santoro? Somebody said it here on the program this morning uh, that you always believed that when you took your children to school, they were going somewhere that's safe. You know, it's it's um, it's really unspeakable uh, what took place. It absolutely is, and, you know, there's always been that – general belief and trust that when the, the yellow school bus comes and picks up your children or you drop them off at school that they are going to be there when you come to pick them up or when you get home because they were dropped off on the bus um listen i, I think about it regularly i can tell you that there was a a, a recent nothing nothing horrific but a, a strange incident at a school and that's very close close to me that i was told about that you know there was more than one officer at the school the next few days just to make sure things were okay. Look, we all have to be on high alert right now. And this is this is something that I've said to my own children. If you see or hear something, you must say something. You know, this, this belief that I'm okay, you're okay, yeah. and we're all supposed to accept aberrant, odd behavior these yeah. days has to come to an end. I agree. And listen to this, Senator. The this dirtball's nickname in his own school was school shooter. 
you know, when you have, again, when something like that is a constant red flag, yeah. and, and I'm not using that in the terms of, yeah, of, yeah. of our gun laws, yeah. uh, you know, when, when that's a, a red flag that continues to go up, and look, I think that there was a failure at multiple levels, most of which started at home. You know, you had, I've understood it, it's been reported, I'm hoping that what I'm hearing via the news on multiple sources is true, that this scumbag's own mother had said that he wasn't aggressive all of the time and that he also had abused animals in the past. Well, you know, she was living with this person who was an absolute powder keg, just ready to go off at any point in time. And no one wants to believe that their their own child is either evil or going through such trauma or has experienced such trauma that they're going to commit a heinous act like this. But you have to have the wherewithal to say something and to put a stop to it. And if a, if a kid is playing, you know, and I'm not going to blame video games. I played a ton of video games growing up. But if a kid is playing. But, but I will say this, though, and I don't want to we don't have time to go too deep into this. And I've got to get this break in in like 30 seconds. You and I didn't play games that were so realistic with blood flying. And I mean, just it looks real. Now they have, I forget what they're called, but you know the um, the, the the I don't I don't want to call them goggles, but the little projector thing you put on your head, and now you're virtual, and we actually have people who believe that they live in a virtual space, and they're starting communities where you can buy virtual land. I mean, it's getting so far afield, Senator. That respectfully, I don't think we can compare. I know you didn't play Pong with one square. It wasn't even a round ball. It was a square thing. Bip, 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 bip. You didn't play Pong, but we didn't play games that had this level of realism. No, we did not. We we, we did not. But, it, you know, again, anyone playing anything for eight hours a day in yeah. their bedroom alone, isolated, should be more than likely reported you know, it should definitely be in counseling actively. You know, again, parents need to parent, right? I mean, they yeah. need to be active in their kids' lives. And Well, the other thing, too, and I think it's it's almost 100% of the time uh, when it's these young ones, 18 years old, they don't have dads. And that's a big deal. It's a really big deal. I mean, the mom's out there saying, I can't believe. I never, she had no clue that he was capable of this kind of thing, so she says. But he was capable of shooting his grandmother in the face. And evidently, according to reporting, he was living with his grandmother, not with his mother and no male role model. And he shot his grandmother in the face, advertised, meant to do it, advertised that he was going to be shooting her. So your conversation about the mental health aspect of all of this is absolutely enormously significant and accurate. We'll be right back with Senator Testa. Don't go away. Let's shift gears to Dateline, New Jersey, and see what's uh, what's the latest with the budget and with everything else with Senator Testa, we continue. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And I'm Harry Hurley at 32 minutes past the hour with Senator Michael Testa. I have three stories that you can follow on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. 44 years ago, Resorts Casino Hotel changed everything in Atlantic City. And you're really reading this article. I can I can attest to that. And thank you for it. The Atlantic City Board of Education wants to hire a new assistant superintendent at 150000 plus per year, plus fringe benefits. 
And Senators Menendez and Booker delivered for Atlantic City somewhat. From the Townsquare, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. Thanks to the newfound humidity in the air, it's mild and it's foggy this morning. We flipped the switch to warm, humid weather today. 60s this morning, 76 this afternoon. Most of the day will be mostly cloudy and breezy. And then a few waves of showers and thunderstorms will sweep in. From the west, starting around 4 p.m., gusty winds and downpours are possible. So please stay aware of changing weather conditions today. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Hey, early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Sean Hannity this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back with Senator Michael Testa. And it's our regular visit with Senator Testa. Senator uh, Dateline, New Jersey. Time is yours. Well, I mean, I'd really like to talk about the budget. I I mean, you know, we've talked a lot about this awful tragedy in the state of Texas, but I think we really need to speak about the fiscal health of the state of New Jersey. Um, You know, this year, Governor Phil Murphy and his front office have a $48.9 billion budget proposal. What's what's not really told to the public or that the public, you know, obviously – isn't being told in the media is not really covering it as is usual, except for people like you, Harry. Um, there was $9 billion, $9 billion, that's with a B, folks, in unexpected tax revenue and more than $3 billion in federal coronavirus relief money that still remains unallocated. So that's about $12 billion that the government is sitting on that we believe in the Senate Republican Caucus, so myself, Senator Palestina, obviously our Senate minority leader, Senator Steve Oroho, and the rest of us believe that it should be given back. So we've actually started what's called a give it back campaign. And it's a hashtag to, to make sure that people right now who are hurting get some some level of relief. And, you know, the, there's a proposal that we should grow the budget surplus to no more than five billion in, in preparation for the next you know, recession, which, you know, we know is coming. And our proposal from the Republican caucus would allocate $4.5 billion for a pair of tax rebates, $2 billion for halting planned tax and toll hikes, $1 billion for property tax relief by increasing state aid to schools, and $790 million for structural tax deductions. And what that would really amount to would be about $1,500 directly into individuals' pockets right now to the taxpayer. And, you know, I can tell you, Harry, I was on another media site where they were interviewing me, and they asked me the question, well, isn't this like the rebates that the federal government gave to people and the stimulus checks? I said, absolutely not. That That was printed money that the federal government had to print to give to people. This is actually money that the state collected over and above what their projections were. So they, they're sitting on approximately $9 billion in unprognosticated tax revenue. It's sort of like your tax return. If you give too much money to the government, they need to give it back to you. So that's what this is really all about, Harry. And I, we think it makes a whole lot of sense. And, and, and fathom that, we still, in, in part of the plan, we're making sure that the state, 
keeps enough money to get us through, you know, another recession that we know is coming. Uh, you know, look, look at the record high level of inflation. Look at the record high number for gas prices. New Jerseyans are getting hit probably one of the hardest states in the United States of America because the cost of living here is so expensive. We're we're basically one month away from knowing if we're already in a recession. We we contracted in the first quarter. If we are negative in the second quarter, we may or we may not be. I don't it's not going to be robust. It'll be fractional if we have any any growth, but if it's negative in the second quarter, which is only a month and a couple of days away, uh, we'll, we will officially be in a recession, which really is largely self-inflicted because this administration decided to go away from – I mean, you heard the, the president say that um, – because every once in a while he tells the truth. He's such a liar, but he tells the truth once in a while. He said the high gas prices, when we come out of this, it's going to basically be a good thing because we'll less reliance on fossil fuels. This is like – it's his plan to do this. It certainly seemed like this was by design because you you, you want to have the belief that he can't be this unintelligent. Right? Well, you got to figure they shut down pipelines. They they became very adverse to the energy industry, oil in particular, uh, I guess natural gas as well, and they stopped leases, uh, auctions for leases that were going to happen. Uh, they've made us very reliant on foreign energy, it, it has to be on purpose. I agree with you. And you took the words out of my mouth with the pipeline. I mean, look, you know, how many days was President Biden in office when he decided to shut that down? Day one. I mean, it, it's, it's, absolutely com- it's absolutely comical that <clears throat> somehow President Biden, and it hurts me, it pains me to even say those two words back to back, President and Biden, that the labor unions supported President Biden, and at the very first opportunity, he wasted no time to to slap the hand that actually fed him and helped him get elected. Yeah, so true. Hold on, Senator. To be continued when we come back after our final break, then we'll be uninterrupted until the top of the hour with Senator Michael Testa. I am early in the morning. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5, all because of you. We thank you. South Jersey's number one talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Listen for the morning edition of the O'Reilly Update with Bill O'Reilly at 1015 this morning. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. 52 minutes past the hour, uninterrupted. Let's make it count until the top of the hour. John Walters will be joining us in about uh, 15 minutes or so. Senator, time is yours. You know, Harry, I think, you know, as we end as we end our hour, we have to really focus on what Memorial Day is all about. Um, you know, we're entering Memorial Day weekend, which is obviously the unofficial kickoff of the start of the summer. Even though it's not summer on our calendars, it's certainly summer in our minds and in our hearts because it's the opening of our beaches. Um, I'm actually going to be in Wildwood today at 11, you know, for a ceremony where they unlock the beach. Uh, but you know, as as much fun as everybody is going to have, and I hope everybody has a lot of fun and has a lot is is very safe this weekend. We we really need to keep in mind 
what Memorial Day is all about. It's for the, I believe it's 645,000 is the number I have in my head um, since World War One. the brave men and women who quite literally laid down their lives so that we can live in the greatest nation the world has ever known. Um, look, we're going through a tough time in America right now, but they left this country to us and fought for this country so that we can be stewards of this country to keep the greatest nation the world has ever known going. And I think we all really need to at least pause and reflect as to the great sacrifices, the ultimate sacrifices that were made by those hundreds of thousands of individuals yeah. since World War One in, in our country. Um, this is so important that you did this, that you brought this up, because many times the meaning of different holidays gets all just lost in commercialism and other things. Uh, and this is the day that we honor this Monday, but the weekend, this is the day that we memorialize those who died in active military service. They are to be remembered. Uh, and I think it's great that you that you remembered uh, to remember to bring this up. It's very important. Well, thank you. But, you know, I think of people that I that I know and, and you know, look, my my father's of the age that many of his friends served in Vietnam. And, you know, one particular one that I want to give, you know, a shout out in, in memory of is uh, Chicky Aselta. He was a first lieutenant. Um, that's Senator Nick Aselta's brother. Um, you know, he, he was killed in Vietnam. And, you know, when you when you go to, you know, Landis Park in Vineland, my hometown, you see, you know, the wall of how many people from Vineland, just just Vineland alone, who served in Vietnam and did not make the trip home alive if they made the trip home at all. And, you know, you know, you also think of someone like Sergeant Dominic Pilla, who's a contemporary of mine. He's, you know, he's three, three or four years older than me. If you know Black Hawk Down, you know, he was Sergeant Pilla in, in Black Hawk Down. We have a school named after him now in the city of Vineland. I mean, you know, so I just... Look, I want everybody to enjoy the barbecues, enjoy the beach, but at least take take a, a long pause and, and, and give a salute to those people who those brave men and women, the bravest men and women who, who laid down their lives so that we can have those barbecues, so that we can still enjoy uh, the New Jersey boardwalks and our New Jersey beaches. Uh, and, and make sure that you remind your children of what Memorial Day is about. It's a whole lot more than just going to a family barbecue and having burgers and dogs and chicken and, and ice cream. Uh, you know, just make sure that we all really reflect on what this day is about and what they did for our nation and what this nation can really be when there's great leadership there. Yeah, that's so well said. Typically May 30th, uh, which will be this Monday. Uh, Memorial Day. It's it's now officially observed on the last Monday in May. It will work. This calendar works perfectly for it because Monday is the 30th. And um, I'm so glad that you that you did that. In the couple of minutes that we have, let me ask you to share your thoughts to your fellow New Jerseyans who are hurting right now in so many different ways, including at the gas pump. Uh, does New Jersey ever want to take a look at maybe suspending certain taxes or doing something uh, to help during a crisis like this. I mean, I would imagine that when you add all the inflation and everything that's been going on, the average New Jerseyan, I think the media admits to like 6,000 per person, but I think it's a lot more than that. I think it's over 10,000 
a person, as you know, for many families, they don't have it. No, you know, look, I'm I'm introducing a bill very soon. People don't realize this, you know, there's so many taxes in the state of New Jersey. And the most regressive tax is a tax that was instituted in the 1960s. And it's on the employee payroll side. I'm introducing a, a, a bill very shortly to put a total pause on that because people don't realize this. Obviously, there's the employer payroll tax, which just had a massive increase, even though Governor Murphy said there was going to be no more tax increases. That wasn't true. The, the employer side payroll tax was an increase, but we have every year an employee tax. Um, I'm, I'm instituting a bill and, and pushing a bill that's going to, to put a pause on that you know, for time eternal, because right now our employees, you know, the good people of New Jersey who have been working through the pandemic. Look, we have, we know the hundreds of thousands of New Jerseyans who had to use the unemployment system, which was a total debacle through yes. the COVID-19 era. And we're, and we're still feeling the ripple effects of that. People like you, Palestina, you, you all became uh, really the um, the lifeline to the residents, to the citizens. They couldn't they couldn't get through the labyrinth of this thing. Absolutely. I mean, and look, that started for me in May of 2020. So I, I, I tease Senator Palestine a little bit, you know, when we talk about this, I said, think about it. I was doing it almost two years more than you about, you know, with, with my office inundated about 90% of all of our calls were unemployment related claims. And then a, a decent chunk of what was left over were motor vehicle commission issues. So, you know, we need to make sure, look, there's, there, in my opinion, there should absolutely be a pause on the gas tax as yep. well. Yep. Um, not, not everybody agrees with me on that one. I believe that there should be a pause on that because, like I said, m- many people aren't going to be able to afford the gas prices to come to the Jersey Shore, to come to my legislative district, to come to Senator Palestina's legislative district, which, by the way, 20 seconds. The county is the number one. Number one county for tourism in the state. Cape May County is the number two county for tourism in the state. We want people to come down here and spend their money. And if they're spending more and more at the pump, it's it, they're going to they're going to pinch their wallets when they're at. Well, the uh, Senator, there, I wish we had more time on this. There's evidence that people are changing their plans. I think you talked about that earlier in your show. Uh, have a great weekend. Uh, good wishes today at the public event that you're doing. And uh, always an honor to uh, to meet with you uh, monthly here on the program. It's always an honor for the mayor of the morning in perpetuity. Thank you, Senator. Great to be with you, Harry. Thank you, sir. JHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. In the world's playground. To the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Welcome back. Six minutes past the hour. And I really want to thank my friend John Walters for switching from Wednesday, which was his day, uh, until today. Uh, I appreciate your your friendship, your collegiality, John. Uh, We worked for Brian Kilmeade this Wednesday, so I had to leave at 8. We had two great hours of Hurley in the Morning, and one of them should have been john but i couldn't do it live uh so john was willing to move to today but it also is an opportunity for people that maybe can't listen on wednesday to hear john 
on a Friday. So we're going to end our broadcast week with John Walters. John is the official and exclusive reverse mortgage expert for the Hurley in the Morning program. He is usually here on the second and fourth Wednesday of every month in the nine o'clock hour. John provides strategic options to help improve retirement outcomes, and he's been doing it for more than 16 years. The, the, here's the important news as well. With John, it's not low sale. It's no sale. It, it, it is imparting information. There's absolutely no pressure. There's no obligation. You can reach John to schedule an appointment, 609-231-4924, and then you'll have the opportunity to review your many options. You, there, there are things that John can show you that, that frankly, he, he's the expert. You wouldn't even think of that you can do with the, uh, the the equity that's in your home. You can meet with John in person. You can meet with John digitally, virtually, whatever you want to call it. And this is no overstatement. This could change your life. It will end your mor- mortgage payment if you have one. And there are many other strategic options and strategies that that John can show you and that really makes this part of a pension program that you've earned because it's your home, it's your value, and John can help you put this to work for you. It's really um, potentially life-changing. 609-231-4924. John, welcome to your program. Mike, thank you very much, Harry, and I, I appreciate the presentation and uh, actually when you speak uh, things come through my mind about this particular program uh, of how it can benefit and how it can add uh, retirement dollars as as we move along uh, one of the common questions that I get asked uh, believe it or not even after 16 years the question is why a reverse mortgage uh, and 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 it's funny when I hear that question why a reverse mortgage it more or less pushes me to educate people about what this program is about because they're missing out on something. So when we talk about why a reverse mortgage, what comes to my mind and what comes back is okay, what is a person of retirement age? How are we different uh, than we when we're in our thirties or forties? Uh, so as a retirement product, as a, as, as a retirement financial plan, so to speak, where the reverse mortgage can play a part of your overall uh, financial situation. And uh, I, I, it's very important for me to stress that. We're not saying that it takes the place of your retirement. We're talking about a tool that can be used to add to your current retirement situation. Uh, now, one of the questions I ask, and Harry, I'm going to ask you: When do you think people think about retirement? Oh, this as is as far as this, age is concerned. Oh, this is such a good question. Um, okay, let me let me think just for a second. I, I don't want to waste time on the John Walter show, but I want to I want to get logical here. Um, I'm going to say that people start thinking about retirement, not that they're ready necessarily, but start thinking about retirement at age 55. Uh, You are exactly correct. Normally, what has been talked about is the early 50s is when the reality starts to come. Okay, we're starting to move along this path. Yep. Now what comes into play 
at the age in our early 50s. What percentage of them do you think, how much it's going to cost them or how much are they going to need to make in retirement dollars to live the same lifestyle that they're living now? See, now, I think that's a very low number because I think people underestimate uh, and they don't have enough, which is why I believe you are so integral to this conversation because you bring a whole nother uh, significant portion of, of what can then get them to be able to retire earlier than they otherwise might be able to. I'm going to say um, that a very small number of people know how much they will need to retire. I'm going to say only 25% know what they will need to retire. Probably a lot less than that. There you go. Okay. I've heard I've heard in single digits and as well as up to 20%. Yeah, and I would believe that. And is that Yeah. Yeah. And the point is that the majority of people of retirement age what we're looking at here are not prepared for retirement. Correct. We can uh, you know, so so what has happened? So as we know, as a baby boomer, those people of the baby boomer age who are now retiring, as a matter of fact, for the next, I think it's 26 years, aren't sure how much they're going to need for retirement. Uh, do they have an emergency fund? Do they have any goals? Do they have anything they're trying to do? Help their grandchildren, add an additional dwelling unit. There's a plethora of things that as we age that come into the picture. And this is where the reverse mortgage comes into play. Yeah, John, two minutes before the first break, let me throw a question at you now, because I, I would have to believe this is starting to come into play. Inflation is what is professionally being referred to as runaway. So when you hear people, ladies and gentlemen, on television programs or early in the morning program, whatever you listen to or read, and they say it's runaway inflation, that's not hyperbole. That's what we have right now. The, the inflation is is just over the top. So people are spending so much more for those basic staples. You know that you know what we're, we're talking about, John, need buyers, want buyers. You may want to go on a vacation. You've got to buy food. That's a need. The want and the need. You, you want to buy a boat. You want to buy whatever, a jet ski, whatever. Uh, go. I want to go on a vacation. But you need to buy food and you need to buy your medicine and you need to buy these things that you, you need to sustain life. Do you find that there are more people approaching you to talk about a reverse mortgage because the dollar is not going as far as it used to and they need to sit down with you and review their options? Correct. That is one of them. But the other one is happens to be the people that are drawing out of their 401ks and their taxable accounts. While we have this dip, uh, matter of fact, as as I mentioned before, sequence of return risk. So you are getting whatever you're getting on a monthly basis. What's happening is it's costing you more dollars because the market has dipped, so to speak. So why don't we use the reverse mortgages as way as way foul something with no penalty mortgages no penalty and tax-free yeah so the thing is we use it we use it as a buffer asset we call it so we're buffering against uh the market so to speak and and what i mean is is that having this having the reverse mortgage line of credit in place you can adjust to the market 
you were basically putting a plan in place to address if there is a dip, if I have an emergency, if I need five grand for my heat. Yep. Okay. We know that 60% of the people don't have a thousand dollars that they can access. And, and, and so I see this product being so extremely valuable in so many different ways, but it's a question of how to open up that box to share with the people what those options and what those features are. And, John, we'll go to the break. It's 16 minutes past the hour, and when we come back, the time is yours. John has a great outline for today's program, a lot of important content all about reverse mortgages with John Walters of John Walters Reverse Mortgage Funding, the official, the exclusive reverse mortgage expert for the Hurley in the Morning program. No obligation. Give John a call. 609-231-4924. That's 609-231-4924 to review your many options. And this could indeed change your life. Back with John in just a little bit. Stay with us. Summertime at the Jersey Shore. The glitz and glamour of Atlantic City's casinos. Jersey's best pizza on the Ocean City Boardwalk. Great rides in Wildwood. And miles and miles of bumper-to-bumper traffic. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 wants to keep you moving with expanded summertime traffic updates. Friday afternoon through your ride back Sunday evening. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. South Jersey's talk station. From the world's playground, this is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. 22 minutes past the hour. We're visiting with John Walters, the official, the exclusive reverse mortgage expert For the Hurley in the Morning program, a reminder, there's absolutely no obligation to speak to John. He's not going to pressure you. He'll just help you look at the various options uh, for you to take a look at. 609-231-4924. 609-231-4924. And John is the most knowledgeable guy in his space that I know. He'll be able to help answer all the questions that you may have. John Walters, Reverse Mortgage Funding, 609-231-4924. John, time is yours. Thanks. What I, what I wanted to share is that the number of people that I that I talk with, Harry, and they'll, you know, in reference to a reverse mortgage, and the common thread of the conversation is they don't think that they have anything or they don't have that much leverage as far as their financial situation. And I share with anybody, if you own a home, if you have equity in your property in the area of 50%, you have options, you have choices. And the great thing about it, there are certain features that are there that we're going to talk about in a few moments that can definitely strengthen whatever situation that you're currently in. So one of the things that's happened in the last couple of years and, uh, the American College up in uh, outside Philadelphia, along with Wade Fowle and Jamie Hopkins, has stressed of, uh, how the reverse mortgage can play a part of retirement planning. So the financial uh, community uh, has picked up on this reverse mortgage in the sense of how can we add it as a piece of the puzzle. And so therefore, when I'm putting a test out to everybody is that Everybody has the ability to, to improve their retirement. And, and it's funny, uh, a lot of the people that are around me, I use this 5P 
I call it prior preparation prevents poor performance, which means that, you know, even as being of retirement age, you have to be proactive. You have to be willing to ask questions. You have to be willing to find out what is out there. And uh, one of my future guests, uh, Eric Rich, who's a financial planner, uh, had an article in the paper this week uh, that the average person, it's a little quiz for the American College in reference to what we don't understand about finances and what we could learn that would strengthen it. So education is a big part of this. So uh, I'm, I'm a proponent of that. So what we're talking about here is, is you need to be aware, you need to ask questions, you need to find out if it's a reverse mortgage or if it's a mutual fund or whatever the financial product happens to be. So what Harry and I talk about is is putting a reverse mortgage into place before you need it. And what do I mean by that? Putting a reverse mortgage in place, the younger that you are, allows for that line of credit to grow on a monthly basis. It gives you leverage. It gives you the ability to borrow more money as time goes on. So that is an extremely important thing. So putting that in place before you need it, and then what we do is we can turn the switch as far as an income stream. We can turn the switch to pay our taxes quarterly. We can turn the switch, and when I say turn the switch, I mean that is part of the payment plan. Uh, you have a lot of different options. One of the biggest is the emergency fund. How many of you have an emergency fund that's out there for, I don't care if it's your car, (laughs) your grandkids, if it's your house, it's great to have access to funds that nobody can take from you. And they're guaranteed by HUD, okay? And uh, as the market changes, those funds will always be there. So, now, what I'd like to share with you is an example of a couple that came to me within the last couple of weeks, and their scenario was this. And in talking with them, it happens to be a husband and wife who are still working. They're both 62 years of age. And what they would like to do is basically they wanted me to look at their situation and make any recommendations by way of a reverse mortgage. Okay, so in looking at their situation is uh, they're pretty average. They're 62. They don't have much in retirement savings. They do have a decent Social Security and they want to try to strengthen their situation. And the biggest concern is to give them some freedom, some flexibility, and they wanted to reduce the stress in their life. So. What I did was I set about to take a look at that. And what I realized, they currently have a mortgage on the property with a monthly principal and interest payment of $1,200. And they have a mortgage balance of $57,600. And the term on their, their mortgage gets paid off in a little bit over four years. So I was looking at the aspect of the refinance as far as one of the options, as far as one of the features. So let's take a look at that. Let's say we refinance that mortgage. That means that we, we as a reverse mortgage lender, we go in and pay off the prior mortgage of the $57,600, and the reverse mortgage becomes a first lien position. 
And what that does, immediately, it's going to increase their monthly cash flow by $1,200. Wow. Now, don't forget that a reverse, a reverse, <laughs> a reverse mortgage, you're not making monthly payments. Yep. That's your option, okay? But what's really important also as we go into retirement is your credit situation. You don't run into a 30, 60, 90 day late with the reverse mortgage because it operates differently. Yeah. Okay, so now. Hey, John, just because I want to throw it in as a point of emphasis, if you do this strategy with John Walters and you're this couple that are both working still and they're both 62 years old and maybe they're going to work for another five years and they're going to have this time where they're not going to have four or five years worth of mortgage payments you can take that mortgage payment that you were used to paying because you weren't failing to pay it you were paying it uh you don't have to pay that anymore that also can go towards building this money that you will have at the time that you retire you could have four years. If you were this age and looking to retire in the next five years, you would have 48 payments of your mortgage that you could dedicate to savings. Or at least say say you want to have a little bit of fun or whatever, or you need a little bit extra and things are a little more expensive, take half of it and invest it. So that's huge not having that mortgage payment anymore, isn't it, John? It, it, it's phenomenal. And one of the things is once people get to their 60s, uh, I see it all the time, and we're talking about savings a few dollars. Uh, they're thinking about themselves where, you know what, we want to enjoy ourselves a little bit. Yeah. We have an extra 100 200 dollars $400. We now can go out twice a month, or we can take a mini vacation. Yep. So in reference to in reference to this couple, so initially what we were looking at, was to pay off their current mortgage, and which is a increases their uh, monthly cash flow by twelve. Wow. Now, what we didn't take into account is that their home value, to give you an idea, is three hundred and ninety thousand. Okay, they qualify. They qualify for one hundred and fifty-seven thousand dollars. Closing costs are about four and a half percent. So we're going to pay off that first mortgage that they currently have. And they're also going to set up a line of credit of $81,644. So let's, let me take this one step further. So besides increasing their monthly cash flow by 1200, their line of credit, which is at $81,644, five years down the road, be at $108,000 at which time that could be turned on as a monthly stream of income as well, mm-hmm. or they could just keep it in place. If they kept it in place for 10 years, the line of credit would grow to over $143,000, which is not interest. It's additional borrowing power that can be flipped into an income stream. So that is one of the strategies that we talked about. Halftime break, John. Halftime break. You can uh, take it up from there, pick up there. When we come back in just a few minutes, 32 minutes past the hour with John Walters, all about the reverse mortgage to reach John, to make an appointment, to talk about your particular situation. I, I really encourage you to do it. There's no obligation why wouldn't you want to learn more about it? It might, it may be for you. You may decide not now, 
but maybe later. I mean, but begin the conversation because it can be very, very helpful in your particular situation. 609-231-4924. That's 609-231-4924. With John Walters, I am respectfully yours. Early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me this afternoon at 3. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you, Sean. 37, almost 38 minutes past the hour. I'm very pleased to present John Walters, our official, our exclusive reverse mortgage expert for the Hurley in the Morning program. 609-231-4924 to make an appointment with John. 609-231-4924. I, I will tell you um, in advance, you will just like everything about the process of working with John. He's kind. He's very informative. He doesn't give you any pressure, any stress. Uh, very helpful. 609 609-231-4924. 609-231-4924. 4924. And you know, the old expression, uh, no question is, is a dumb question. Any questions that you have, you may have heard things about the reverse mortgage that may not even be true. Pose your questions to John and he can really help put together uh, a strategy in your particular situation that could produce outcomes that could be very, very game-changing, life-changing for you and your family. John, you were saying right before the untimely break, yeah, well, what I, was, I was giving the example of a couple that I met that are 62 years of age. They currently have a mortgage that's going to last a little bit over four years. Their principal and interest payment is $1,200. They owe $57,600. And uh, my one of my strategies was to strictly just pay off the first mortgage. And as I was sharing, by paying off that first mortgage, they are going to increase their uh, cash flow by $1,200 a month. Now we're looking at a couple that plan on retiring in about five years. So there's a five year window that is there. So then what I did was I notched it up a little bit and said, okay, how about if we do this? So I, I did a budget analysis. I broke down how much money that they had, what they were comfortable with. And they said, well, I got, we got $1,200 a month, uh, additional cash flow. Not that they were going to blow it. They, they weren't sure, but they wanted to use it for future retirement. So I said, how about if we do this? How about if we take six of the 1200 and we prepay on the reverse mortgage? And what I mean by that is you get a monthly statement. If you choose to make a payment, you can do that. If you don't want to make a payment, you don't have to send it in. And if you do prepay it, what happens is with a line of credit for every dollar you deposit, it opens up your line of credit dollar for dollar. So what we're saying is if we use this strategy of prepaying $600 a month out of that 1200 and prepay the reverse mortgage, we're increasing our line of credit, uh, uh, $600 a month, and what we're looking at for the year is 14000 what is it, 14400 I guess, uh, that we're increasing that line of credit. And don't forget, that line of credit is compounding as we move along. And so now, in working with this couple, I said, we're going to use this five-year window, $600 a month payment, and now what happens is their line of credit 
five years down the road is going to be at $148,000. So they pay off their first, even with the closing costs, they're going to save $1,200 a month and $600 of that they're prepaying on the reverse mortgage. And don't forget, if they don't want to pay, they don't have to. If they decide they have a tough month and they don't want to pay for two months, they don't need to do that. But the option there, and right now that line of credit growth feature is about 4.8%. So it's growing, it's growing, and you always have the ability to borrow when you choose to. And we have the different payment options that are involved. But what I was trying to, my point is here with this particular couple, they just, minimal retirement funds, we're talking about home ownership, we're talking about equity, and what we're saying is we can increase cash flow, and we can also increase savings over a period of time by using the strategy with the line of credit. So that is just uh, one scenario of one story. And I have to tell you, I have to tell you, Harry, the number of people and what I'm talking about uh, in reference to this particular program, as long as I've been doing it, we're... We know that we have the needs-based borrower, the person that has to have it, okay? Yes, that product can fill that bill. We also have the people that have a certain lifestyle. They want to go on vacation. They want to use the funds to do that. That's capable, and that's possible. And the third thing that we're talking about, which is this, is we're putting a plan together. And I talk about this. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Mm. Yeah, You have to start putting things in place to leverage your position. If not, nothing's gonna change. What I'm trying to be a proponent of with this particular program is be mindful, be proactive, ask the right questions, email me, and uh, people run scenarios by me all the time. I, I'm, I'm a reverse mortgage, what they reverse mortgage specialist. This is a program I only deal with. Yep. And my whole focus is to educate myself that I can offer everything that's available uh, for borrowers to say, how can we strengthen your retirement? John, we're going to take our final break. Plenty of time when we come back. One more power segment straight ahead with John Walters, the official, the exclusive reverse mortgage expert for the Hurley in the Morning program. You can reach John at 609-231-4924, 609-231-4924. Many, many years ago, and I forget how many years, probably a couple of decades ago, the late, great Fred Nichols taught me the three Bs. Be brief, be brilliant, be gone. Today, and I put it, I've written it in my daytimer because I really loved it. I took notes when John Walters just taught all of us the five P's. I won't forget this because I've written it down. Prior preparation prevents poor performance. I absolutely love that, John. I love it. We'll be back. Don't go away with John Walters. This is Hurley in the Morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. And now a small business setback, delivered by a kind French stranger. Uh, monsieur, there was an accident. The windshield of your catering van is, uh, how do you say, kaput? But progressive as an extension. 
active network of repair shops. Now, we think about the old days. Bravo Marin revient de guerre. When things go wrong with your small business, it's comforting to know you have Progressive Commercial. Get a quote in as little as six minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Croissance for everyone! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms and conditions. You know, every three seconds there is a new victim of identity theft. A criminal could be applying for loans in your name, selling your personal information on the dark web, Now, protecting your identity can be very easy thanks to LifeLock by Norton. No one company can prevent all identity theft or monitor every transaction of every business. But LifeLock, it's simple and easy to protect yourself. And you'll save up to 25% off your first year when you go to LifeLock.com or call 1-800-LIFELOCK. Just use the promo code Hannity. Set the first button on your car radio for South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. John Walters is presenting an important discussion today about the reverse mortgage. John, time is yours. Thank you. Harry, you had just mentioned it earlier about inflation. Yes. Uh, to make it simple... When we talk about inflation, we're basically talking about getting less goods for what we're paying for them. Yep. Uh, we're paying more and getting less. And uh, with the reverse mortgage program, what the great thing is, is to counter inflation is the way that this particular product works. Now, let's take a look at some statistics. Harry, I, I, I actually listed it there. Uh, Average life expectancy in the United States is 79. Now, they were just, uh, I, I realize it's different for men and women, but we're using 79. Yeah. Uh, I, think it's they, about, I think it's about a year difference. Women uh, live about a year longer on average than a man. And that is slightly down since COVID-19, John. Yes, correct. Yeah. And, and at the same time, what we're talking about, we're talking about retirement. And when we say retirement, I happen to, I don't, in my, in my personal situation, I call it a transition. I went from one career to a different career. And what we find out is most people uh, eventually try to do that or try to get into another workspace. Why? Average length of retirement is 18 years. Now, you'll notice the word average. Average life expectancy, average uh, years of retirement. Now, with the reverse mortgage, and I shared this before, as long as I've been doing this, the youngest age was 62. It's now been lowered a little bit, but 62. My oldest borrower, 102. Wow. So what we're looking at is 40 years. We're saying that potentially, we know what the averages are, uh, but... My mother-in-law is 94 years of age. I know a lot of people that are in their 90s. So if you are retiring in your late 50s, early 60s, you're looking at 30 to 40 years of how am I going to supply myself with the income that I need. At the same time, we have to be aware is how has inflation played a part of that? Because we know that each year there's a cost of living adjustment that takes place in the the cost of goods and services. So to try to make it real simple, what I'm saying with this particular product, we can uh, look at and address different things over a period of time. Um, Harry, my question for you is, can you think of any other product besides the reverse mortgage that addresses people of retirement age 
in so many different ways. No, and I'm a former banker, as you know, because even if you said, well, you could take out a home equity loan, yes, and you'd have monthly payments, and people have done that, and they wind up using the the money they have to make the monthly payments, and it, it really uh, becomes a real problem. And if you get it in the form of a line of credit, then, then banks sometimes require that to go back in full, and then you can draw down again, and then people don't have the money to make it back, you know, to, to square one zero. Uh, no, it's it's not um, it's not a setup question. It's not. My answer is from a wide spectrum of observation. Any alternative that you could think of would have associated issues with it that the reverse mortgage does not have. If you want to make a payment, you can, but you don't have to have you don't have to make a payment. So the answer is I cannot think of another product if you we want to call this a product that you could choose that would give you the the versatility of it and also put you in a position where your mortgage is paid off uh, because if you have any mortgage balance you that's the first thing you're taking care of. Uh, that you could establish this line of credit uh, that's gaining um, interest, you know, by the day, by the year, and and you're not required to make a payment. So no, I, I don't, I don't know of anything else that exists that can check these boxes. Yeah, I I, I wasn't throwing that out as a trick question. Yeah, I know. I was trying to. Do- I, I, I was very comfortable with it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know of anything that compares to it uh, when you add all these factors up. Right. And and we're talking specific, specifically people of retirement age. OK. Yes. You don't have to be retired. But what we're saying, you're heading in that direction. And I I I I and when people say, as I began the program, why the reverse mortgage? Because this program can offer so many different options, so many different features uh, that if there is something that's out there that can address your situation, this product has the potential of doing that. Now, we're not saying that it's a cure-all. What we're talking about is that uh, you're looking at, as you are in the distribution phase of your life, you are on a fixed income, you're on Medicare, you're on Part B, you're paying for Part B, uh, you have additional costs as we move on, uh, the cost of uh, utilities is going up. So look at this product, this program that we could actually uh, set up and show you what the impact would be. And I would say that's the biggest, one of the biggest words that I like to use is to, here, take a look at this. Let's look where you are. Let's look at what it can do. Does it make sense? Can it be sustainable? Is it worthwhile doing? And it's actually pretty simple uh, because that's what it comes down to. People if people want to do something and there's a way of doing it and it makes sense, you're not selling a reverse mortgage. You're selling a solution. Mm. And that's what's vitally important is to be able to look at different solutions. Now, have I ever met with anyone that the reverse mortgage was not a good option? Definitely. No question about it. Because there isn't a product that's going to solve everybody's problem. But uh, I'm a proponent that this particular program can definitely improve the quality of your life, especially in your retirement years. And uh, one quick one, Harry, this is quite interesting. I had uh, I was up in the North Jersey 
and I met with a gentleman, uh, high-end, $2 million property, 81 years of age. Wow. And he had enough equity in the property that he didn't even need to qualify on income. It's called dissipation, or what they call imputed income. Wow. And uh, so, so the product uh, for the high-end, uh, you know, the people that have high-end, high-valued properties, uh, yeah, it's just unbelievable. So if it's needs-based, if it's lifestyle, if it's planning, uh, we can take a look at that and, and find out find out what impact there's going to be. John, just a quick reset, and then you'll have a good eight minutes uh, left in your program to share whatever content that you'd like to close out with. To reach John Walters, 609-231-4924. That's by phone, 609-231-4924. If you want to send John an email, very simple to remember, J, the first letter of John's name, Walters, it's spelled as it sounds phonetically, W-A-L-T-E-R-S, J Walters at reversefunding.com. J Walters at reversefunding.com. If you want to email John, you can send him your questions. John will be happy to run any types of financial comparisons that you need, scenarios and things at how this could possibly uh, improve your retirement outcome. And, and John has more than 16 years of experience doing this with a myriad of very successful clients. There's absolutely no obligation. Again, phone number 609-231-4924, 609-231-4924. If I've inspired you to call, I know one of our guest listeners called John this week. Uh, I personally spoke with the um, the gentleman by digital communication back and forth and and he was anxious to uh, get a hold of John 609-231-4924 uh we're hitting 10 o'clock in just about a half a minute and that gives us until Brian Kilmeade what would you like to close with John well uh, one uh, another item of interest that happened uh especially during this past year one of the biggest uh another another question that comes along to me uh, are people that have some challenges and one of the bigger challenges uh, that this uh, COVID situation created was people to go into Chapter 13. And the question has been brought to my attention is, can I do a reverse mortgage if I am in a Chapter 13? And uh, the answer to that question is, there's a caveat to it. Yes, you can. Uh, if you are in a, an agreement, current agreement, and you've made six of your last payments have been made on time, that is acceptable. Otherwise, if it's discharged, uh, it has to be, actually it has to be within, I, I think the time frame's 24 months. It has to be discharged for 24 months uh, before you can originate uh, on a FHA mortgage uh, if you currently have an FHA mortgage, if it's a traditional mortgage, it's one year. But I can, I'll be glad to look at your situation if that is uh, a problem. So uh, that's the other thing. If you have any challenges, uh, any hiccups, as I call them, and we know that it's happening because, you know, credit, credit reporting agencies uh, are not perfect. Sometimes things are down that's affecting your credit that you may not even be aware of. True. 
that's one of the reasons that I like to run a credit report and actually go line by line, line by line. And uh, we've Hey, John, that's a very important point that you're raising, because if people don't stay on top of that and look at that often enough, you can have something on there that's flat out inaccurate which you can get removed from the report. So that is a very good piece of information that you're sharing. Yes, and and a lot of times, um, you know, there's a misunderstanding, especially when people are co-signing for other people, uh, there are things, we can put what they call a credit supplement uh, for explanations. A lot of times you can't, I should say, you can't remove it necessarily, but you can definitely amend it. And uh, that's that's what's vitally important. Um, so if you're thinking about a reverse mortgage and you do have any of these hiccups that I call them or you think that you're it's going to knock you out of the box as far as qualified. Uh, don't do that, because we have we have what are called exceptions to the rule. Uh, if it makes sense and there's a reason for it. Uh, example, uh, I have a gentleman now who who was three months late on his mortgage going back three years ago. And I forget the exact year. Uh, and I said, you know, why have you been late? And he says, I'm in the boat business. And the area of the country where I live in, they weren't selling any boats, so therefore I couldn't work. And believe it or not, we got an exception on it. And uh, he was able to get the loan because it made sense. Good. So that's... Yeah, that's that's the biggest thing. The biggest thing is being able to uh, realize that we're all in different financial situations. If we have great things are a little bit smoother, if we have credit that's uh, marred a little bit, takes a little more takes a little more couple of letters to get done in order to do the loan. But anything is feasible. But I need to look at it to be able to determine that. John, for those listening, we've got about two minutes in your program. Uh, Those listening that wonder, hey, I really want to do this or I really want to sit down with John and I hope I can do this. I hope it works in my case. How long does it take from meeting you to closing the deal? If it is, if it is, if there are no issues, four to six weeks. And what what do I mean by issues? Uh, Sometimes there could be a hiccup on the credit report. There could be a repairing problem. There could be a, something that's on the credit report, uh, or I should say when they do the title searches that show up that need to get cleared up. And it's not that it's a major problem, but it holds up the time. Right. So I like to use four, four to six weeks if there were no issues. Okay. Good. Um, so the important thing is that, you know, uh, we don't look at closing the reverse mortgage as far as being expedient, so to speak. And the reason is there's, uh, uh, being that it's an FHA mortgage, it takes a little bit longer to process. That's all. Right. Uh, can I speak, can I speak things up? Sometimes if, if I have all the paperwork, somebody, I, you know, I, I want to get this thing done ASAP and I will say, okay, it D, you need to call counseling. Here's the list of counselors, and I will give them what they need to expedite this as quickly as we can. So that's that's what's uh, important. But uh, that's where my that's my strength is, Harry. Is I have the ability. If I don't have the answer, I can get the answer. Reverse mortgage funding. 
I have a credit help desk with 10 underwriters uh, that are willing to look at situations and determine if it's possible or not or what we need to do in order to get it done. The mu- hey, John, the music is playing. 30 seconds. Closing comment. Okay. So if anyone has any questions, you have my number, which is 609-231-4924, or you can email me and or text me, as, as, as a matter of fact. Uh, yeah, any question whatsoever about the program, if I can give you any direction, guidance, uh, feel free to reach out. And I will be happy to get back to you and uh, and go from there. Thank you, I'd John. I'd like to share that on our... Okay, on our next show, we'll have Julie Didjung, uh, who's from the Harrisburg area, and I've got a great... Uh, component there on the reverse mortgage for purchase. Excellent. Thank you for a wonderful program, John. And we'll catch you in a couple of weeks. Can't wait. Uh, Remember what Memorial Day is all about. I know it's about people are going to have picnics and barbecues and things like that, but it's it's also to remember 